Dude, I was on the tr- metro in Shanghai, looking at my phone, mm-hmm. and someone stepped up to talk to me, and uh, it was it was actually kind of a pretty girl, and I just caught me off guard, and I was like, "Hey, how are you?" And then she started yelling something at me, and I was like, "Oh fuck, it's a scam! It's a scam!" And I was like, "And she, dude, she grabbed my arm. My arm was like losing blood. She was grabbing my arm so hard, and she's yeah. screaming. Oh, and I pulled my phone out and I filmed the whole thing. I'm like, whatever happens here." I'm going to have this on record so I can show people that I didn't do anything wrong. And uh, the, the, the people working there, there's like three of them. They're like, how do you know her? I'm like, I don't know her. Just get her off. Please get her off me. Please get her off me. This goes on for a while. They take her off. I just run away. And I couldn't make out what she was saying in the video. And I showed it to my Chinese friend. And she was saying, I found you, Jesus. What? Yeah. Wow. She's like, you've come here to save us all. Wow. Our savior has arrived. Because you're white? I don't know. She's I'm crazy. not going to be to a Chinese person. Sure, I might like look like Jesus. Wow. Yeah, but clearly like a highly mentally unwell breakdown, whatever you want to call it. That wasn't a scam at all. She was just, she thought I was Jesus. First night, I'm already hungover. Well, maybe not. That's okay. How are you doing? What's that? How long did you stay out last night? Uh, not particularly. I think we got back about one. Okay, and you fucking settled like a real human. I, yeah, I saw I saw Mission Impossible and then was in bed by half eleven. Did you really? Was it good? Uh, a movie appalling, uh, appalling dialogue. Some uh, only one good joke in the whole thing, but the action I would say still makes it worse. <laughs> the action scenes that there's a fight in a bathroom, which I I went ah about four times. <laughs> would you describe it as more or less exciting as finding out how easy it is to get qualified candidates for your job through ZipRecruiter? We're doing that soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not ready for that yet. <laughs> I've never done one of those before. It's Have very really exciting. Not? Yeah. We'll do it in a second. But <laughs> <laughs> even. <laughs> you can get your own Ethan Hunt from. <laughs> I like how your first thing we're like we're like how's Mission Impossible? Like wasn't that funny? Not a lot of jokes, but I mean I guess if you're into action, I guess Mission Impossible could be the movie for you. Well, it's just it's just it's just weird seeing Simon Pegg in a film, and it's like you've made me you've made me laugh. Why are you in this film, and they've not given you any? It's weird lines? that and Star Wars. Sorry, what? Star Trek. What's he in? He's in Star Trek. He's he's Scotty in that. Yeah. But he's really just doing the same um, English accent that he has, but Americans are like, yep, Scotland. <laughs> uh, we're back in Edinburgh, the whole crew, minus two people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pull one out for Joe DeRosa, <laughs> who loved this festival and everything about it. For <laughs> <laughs> a little blow for Joe DeRosa. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to be back. Well, he's not here to get mad at me. <laughs> He listens every week, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll cut that part out. Um, um, yeah, I'm excited to be back. Two years. La- since last year, what's happened? Keely, you've gotten a girlfriend. I have. Very exciting. We're in love. How? What great content for this podcast. How long has that been? Eight months. We can be in love after eight months. No, no, for sure. Do you know about the nine, nine to ten month mark for psychology? 
relationships. Oh, uh, see, I, I, I'm assuming this is what is for me usually the three to six month mark. I, but tell me what the nine to ten month it mark is. It is what psychology students who have taken three classes refer to as <laughs> um, the moment where you stop romanticizing the other person in your life and you start seeing them for what they are. So could survive that time, but that's when you stop like going like, wow, you're so – that's their type of person that always, you know – uh, recycles they care and then they become like you breathe out of your nose a lot <laughs> so basically what you're trying to say is that keely is going to be single by the end of the month yeah what well, i think yeah, i think right i think there. i think that's, right uh, yeah i think the double thing i think definitely if you're a comedian if this phenomenon is true don't start dating someone it like like towards the end of the year because you know the nine to ten month mark is happening in the edinburgh fringe which is already a mentally troubling time for you <laughs> yeah i see you being too weak to do it during the fringe but when you get home you'll start being like how can i dump her and then it'll take another two months to, for the courage to fall yeah and you're like well if it happens just before the fringe then i haven't even got time to work in an angle on this in the show so. <laughs> yeah you want to kill right before you start writing a thing like breaking up is so hard so yeah time it for april okay i think but i think yeah i think basically like all basically is that the moment in a relationship where at the beginning of all relationships you think the person you're dating is a 10 and then you then end up being like d beer goggled about this time yeah. and i basically have to hope that she's actually like an eight to nine and it's all gonna something be acceptable yeah, yeah, yeah not like a troll right right not like the <laughs> okay. female version of your toe right right <laughs> oh yeah to remind people who weren't listening two years ago when the three of us were living together uh alex had a toe that can only be described as monstrously fucked <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh well, what happened is it got better, but it's been two years, so it has got worse again. <laughs> I don't think I've solved the underlying, let's just say it, fungal issues that must be there. Um, we share the same flat and floors. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to wear walking shoes, I think. House shoes from now on. Fungal. Yeah, you can, you're the only toe you can get high off. Yeah, this please. <laughs> um, uh, I hear what you've been doing. You don't have a girlfriend anymore. Oh, you do? I do, yes. In fact, you, well, it was two years ago the same one. Uh, that we met, yeah, when the three of us, well, five of us plus Joe DeRosa and Alex Smith, who are not present, yeah. uh, were around, yeah, that's when we met. I'd say the moment that broke Joe DeRosa for that festival was when, <laughs> when everyone else in the house got laid one night and he still had not even come close and he was like, fuck this festival! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when it was like all of us, it was like, all right, Alex Smith was like, yeah, you got a wife, sure. I hear he's like, I don't know, for some reason. <laughs> he goes, but he's like, maybe because you're successful. But then he was like, when Keely, when a girl walked out of there, he goes, no, no, no. Yeah. Just, just to clarify, in a, in, a, in a very happy little relationship at that point as well. So it wasn't even just like a rogue, like really? a couple of people got drunk. I think DeRosa was like, what? And he's, he's happy and sexually satisfied. Yeah? Big time. Um, also, I here got nominated for fucking best pumpkin at the festival last year. <laughs> I did. I had one of the largest pumpkins at the festival. And everyone was very impressed with the size of my uh, pumpkin and its many seeds. <laughs> Dude, I don't know anyone who wanted a, a, an award nomination more than you. For the last few years, it was like, fuck, uh, why can't I get this? 
This is, this, I was so actually really is, cool about it. I was uh, uh, not, not in any way keen. <laughs> I think the really crucial thing in hanging out with Ari is that I have never been so like heightened in social interactions with someone because like if anything, I'd rather he just goes, "What's up, cunt?" to me because like if he starts with like, "Here's a compliment," I just start sniffing it like a very scared hedgehog. I'm like, "What's about to happen?" Yeah, and you'd be wise to do that because then you'll realise he's going to make fun of your pumpkin, which is actually a very impressive pumpkin and very difficult to grow a pumpkin that big. <laughs> and in fact, I think it's just because he can't grow a pumpkin. <laughs> Americans aren't eligible for pumpkins. <laughs> no, but you're always blaming everything on race, are you? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a white person problem, too. <laughs> you don't know how it feels to be a white dude, man. <laughs> all this all this privilege, it's difficult to live a little up to. Um, Importantly, literally tugging his forelock at this time, right? Yeah. Like, just, oh, for, just, for, just for listeners at home. Oh, they're so weird looking. God. All right, so you've all got shows again. What are your shows? Let's, let's tell the people. By the way, this podcast, well, we'll tell the people in a second. This podcast is about China. Have you guys ever been there? No. Also no. Oh, although, it, weirdly enough, in London, when you say Asian people, they're, they're talking about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so Asian strange. and Brown's here. Wow. So what do, how do you refer to our Asians? East Asian. East Asian, you said. Mm. East Asians can't drive. Just just a horrible but a sort of ta- technically I doff my cap slightly, <laughs> but in a way that is still horrible. <laughs> I'm saying I care about other cultures. So I learn okay. the way you guys uh, negatively describe your uh, oriental people. <laughs> a zip recruiter, you have uh... <laughs> What time are your shows? What time are your shows? Alice Keeley. Uh, I am on at Cabaret Voltaire at 5.15pm every day, 2nd to the 26th of August. Achilles Heel, because my name is Alex Keeley. It's Achilles a good Heel. Pun. Yeah. Oh, you got to do, you got to, next year you got to make it like Toe of Death. <laughs> what, and an actual photo? And then, but then people just think it's Photoshop. They'll be like, well, it couldn't be that gross. And it's like, no, no, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's that maybe, gross. Yeah, maybe make your face like into a big toe. It's a big toe, right? Yeah, it's the big yeah, toe. And then like but like yeah, so like have a plate like almost like like um like a Darth Vader. Right. With a, with a nail okay. would be over your black nail. I'm like, what is that? I'm like it's horrible. But it <laughs> but it's just it's just another hour about Brexit and there's no reference to it in the show, it's just an aesthetic decision, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm down, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Um that's cool. Yours is the same time as me. So people who want to see that one, it's one day or the other. Well, you're at six fifteen, right? Or no, you six. six? Okay. Yeah, you would have to choose. Yeah, where is it? Cabaret Voltaire. That's where you did yours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your time? Yeah, so I am also at Cabaret Voltaire at quarter past two in the afternoon. Quarter past two. That's oh, such yeah. a crazy time. <laughs> and when you did yours last time at one thirty, when you were like, I think you got locked out because they, the paid bought up the counting house, right? Last minute? Yeah, yeah. And then you were scrambling and you're like, I don't know, one thirty. Fuck it. We'll see. And you're like, oh, this is the best. Yeah, it turns out it's fucking great. Yeah. It's that how you start your show, like day. You're like, oh, go see that show. And then you get some lunch, and then you go from there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no one's hammered. Everyone's yeah, just, yeah, uh, yeah. Attentive. Yeah, you would come home, and I think we had a problem where we had to pay more of a deposit on the place yesterday because the legs of the table were broken from you constantly dumping out money on them. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to ingratiate myself to you, Ari. <laughs> 
the only act I know. Oh, he didn't laugh enough at that. So it's it's mean. It's very important that you know visually he found it very entertaining. We're we're very close. (laughs) Far more fun than what I was going to (laughs) say. This podcast is about China. Um, Somebody, where have you guys gone? Anywhere like crazy or like, like, you know, interesting for stand up? For stand up? Uh, No. Is this on the whole time? Yeah. Okay. England. <laughs> Scotland. Wales. Uh, I, at the end of last year, did a stand-up tour of India for the first time, wow, really? which is really exciting. Wow. Uh, and that is the beginning of the story that forms this year's Edinburgh show. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Did you go to Goa? I did go to Goa. I've been a few times. Did you do drugs there? Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Shaw. <laughs> if you're listening, I'm nudging out here to say something that's not true. I actually... <laughs> I. No, I didn't this time. Oh, no, you've been there before? <laughs> yeah. That is the pie of, of India, right? The, the, uh, the Like the hippie town? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whites move in, the, the, the hippie whites move in and be like, let's work together to get yeah. fucked up. Yeah, I saw a lot of white dreadlock people. And I was like, Yoga. really? In India? Like, this, <laughs> yeah. this is how you're doing colonization this time? This is very old. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before it was top hats, but maybe there were dreadlocks under the top hats. I don't know. Are you forcing us to buy your products? Deodorant's not one of them. <laughs> but yes. Um, um, did you do shows in Goa? Yeah. Wow. Was it cool? Really cool. Like, it's a yeah, very, very young stand-up scene there, and it's not been going for very long at all uh but super interesting to just see how it's developing because it's amazing also because now you know you'll have all of these cities that they've not got a lot of comedy clubs or what have you there's only like a handful of full-time comedy clubs in the entire country but because everyone's online and they'll have seen even if they've not gone to much um stand up live you have people who are like yeah i watch john oliver Every week, or watch Trevor. Yeah, it's crazy, right? That sort of the people that in in Shanghai when I did shows there, they were like, "Oh, say hi to your friend Mark Norman." I'm like, "How do you know?" They're like, "I have podcasts." I don't know. Yeah, you're like, "What?" It's nuts. How small the world is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I have nothing to contribute. I just agree. (laughs) How many How many cities you do there? Did uh, Hyderabad, Delhi, Mumbai, Bangalore, and Goa. Five cities. Wow. Can you say Delhi the way you say it again? <laughs> Delhi. What? Delhi. Oh, wow. You say that you really have the H in there. You're Indian, right? Yeah. Okay. Not one of those gross ones from Northern. <laughs> Although I heard there's shows there too now. Oh, that. The ones you drove out? Well, it turns, <laughs> out, it turns out they've recovered and now they're doing shows. Oh, wait. I don't think that the blame for partition can be placed on, unless you said we in the sense that you're acknowledging that I'm British. Oh, no, India. I thought the Indians were like, these fucking packies, we're driving them out. <laughs> we're going to murder them until they get far enough away, and then they have to... Did I not know? I mean, you know more about it well, than I do. I, I, I would say the Brit, the British Empire and British government really kicked that f- kicked that off more as much. Yeah, yeah. a sort of line was drawn on they map, were Muslim? it did was like... Yeah, so they, they wanted to be... Uh, how into the weeds do you want to get on this? Yeah, <laughs> give, me, give, give me the story. Because I, I thought the story was like, was like the Indian non-Muslims started like, you know, ethnic groups that clash. And they started just like murdering and driving them back. The same like ethnic yeah. people until 
they were far enough away. They're like, all right, you stay yeah. there, Muslims. Oh, it was, yeah, it was fucking horrible. And like, yeah, uh, but basically, so in the earlier part of the 20th century, you had, um, so the Indian National Congress was the first, uh, also the major thing that was agitating for independence, which was a non-religious thing that was looking for a secular republic after independence was gained. And India is officially a secular uh, republic at the moment but there were also you know on both sides hindus who wanted this to be hindustan and there was the muslim league led by muhammad ali jinnah uh, who wanted uh, pakistan in the northwest to be like let's have a proper muslim state and we can ensure proper oh, really? representation because otherwise yeah. we'll be a significant minority but a minority here we might take advantage um, <clears throat> so eventually like the territory was carved up then in 47 to have pakistan in the northwest as a muslim state and India was the subcontinent. But yeah, it was just done very, very suddenly. And yeah, you had like people being like pulled off trains and fucking hacked to death. And it was awful. Oh, that's one of the worst things that could happen on a train. (laughs) Yeah. We complain about delays. Yeah. And the bathroom was out of order on this Amtrak (laughs) train. It was like, I mean, I don't know if I was going to use it anyway, but (laughs) it would have been a nice option. (laughs) And the hacking is another step. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing. Uh, all right, well, that's interesting. That's interesting. And the Pakistanis were like, let's go there because it, in that area, uh, the terrain is both rocky and also terrorism is allowed. <laughs> so I hear – I'm just agreeing with you. I'm not saying these things. A zip like- recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this podcast today is about a guy who went and really started the Shanghai comedy scene, Andy Curtain, and now he actually books all of Asia for Live Nation. Which is crazy. But yeah, I went to Shanghai. They have these proper clubs. I don't know how they are in India, but like they're so cool. All the expats and all the. But India has English speakers, right? Yeah. Indian English speakers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's what, like the audience tends to skew quite young, which I'm sure you found as well when you've gigged yeah. in places that don't have English as the first language because it's just like, you know, Who people under 30, under 40 who've traveled and. Grown up on TV like, too. Grown up on TV, yeah. Um, you have it. So, yeah, young audiences who are very well-versed in British and American comedy, particularly, yeah, uh, and Australian, um, and who are interested to have that in their area. And I'm sure that... Oh, so it's expats. No, 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 no. What's the mix? It's a, like, there was, I think that the entire time I was performing there, there was like, there was one Irish dude in oh. Bangalore, because uh, Bangalore's a big... <clears throat> international it city yeah so you do have people from all over the world living there but everywhere else it was just like actual indians wow so for me shanghai was the exact opposite i think i had one like mandarin person right and then the whole time and then in um bangkok was like 30 percent locals because those younger people there speak Mm. english pretty well but i've never yeah that sounds so cool i want to go there do you see any like dark like poverty shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously yeah. what we got into in this episode was about like how the fucking laws are different so it just the other shit you wouldn't even expect pops up but um one thing, one thing i would say on that note so probably when i went towards the end of last year it would have been about 20 years since the very first time i went uh right and i oh. looked it up and in the in that intervening two decades, the GDP of the country has tripled. So it was like it's just grown so quickly over the last um, last few decades since uh, some of the liberalisation of the economy in the early nineties. Uh, and it's yeah, it's weird to think that 
you know, the amount of absolute poverty when I first went has decreased so dramatically when I've come more recently. And the amount of like visible wealth has increased uh, to a great level as well over the course of that time. So <clears throat> while obviously this is still like international standards a developing country, uh, it is amazing how far things have come, at least economically, like socially and politically, there are all sorts of other problems, but at least economically, it's amazing to see how far it's come so quickly. Yeah, I feel like that's the country that all like developers and like businesses are like, get in India now, it's growing so fucking fast, you know? If like Blockbuster's like, we got a chance to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Skeptic Tag is brought to you by Blockbuster. Blockbuster. (laughs) Now in Jalanda. (laughs) We're in your great VHSs. (laughs) We also have a beta section. Um, um, What was I going to say? Oh, by the way, um, speaking of Goa, if anybody's listening, I have promised my street team. Do you guys have a street team? You're Mm -hmm. doing it. Are you doing your own? You got a street team? I've got a street team. What are you doing for them? Just money? Uh, yeah, I'm doing it through a, a, a like a little company that's basically taking about ten people up, and I'm just paying them, and then they've run a little street team and then promoting for SX. Do you meet them? Uh, I yeah, meet them nine today. Yeah, oh, I've promised my street team um, mushrooms, <laughs> all mushrooms. So I need anyone out there listening. I need like <laughs> two ounces of mushrooms. Okay, my previously technically, let's say, illiterate dad has recently boasted of his Samsung Galaxy S9. I'm, I'm just very scared he's going to get a Pocket Cast podcast app and be listening to this. But <laughs> I would like to clarify that the only mushrooms I enjoy are hallucinogenic drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have, you taken, on the have, you, have you ever taken mushrooms? Uh, absolutely not, genuinely. I'm very sorry for the very boring thing I've just said. <laughs> you got to get on it. Um, what I hate most about what Ari's just done is that it will definitely work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm paying. I'm paying. Uh, my website People email. People are going to take your money. They're just going to come to your show and give you drugs at the end. I've lived with you before. I know. I know, but works. I don't just need some. I need enough for twenty people. So my anyway, unrelated. My um, podcast email is contact at arishafir dot com. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Ari giving drugs to children is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. <laughs> they're not children. They just became old enough. Uh, they're students, but not children, tech, sort of, technically. Um, or, you know, I'm at the Shahive every day at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, meeting fans afterwards at 7 to 7.30 uh, to deal with anything. Meeting fans in an alleyway. Man. <laughs> God, I don't know how to get It's like I got to get them, but it's hard in a new country. Plus, mushroom season here is not until October. Also, just so everybody knows, Shroomfest is August, the last three days, last weekend, when is this month? August 25th, 26th, 27th this year. So if you're looking for an excuse to do mushrooms, that's the time. All right. Um, let's, do the, let's do the read. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay. What do you want to do? It's for ZipRecruiter. This podcast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, everybody. <laughs> right. Okay. How do you, want, you guys want to take a stab at this? Yeah. Hey, guys, we all, we all run a small business, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been tough, but, but challenging, but rewarding. Yeah, and I've often thought about how difficult hiring is to the extent that I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed prohibitively difficult and fundamentally unnecessary to uh, it is one ha- person. It has handcuffed our business <laughs> yeah. to say, literally, I do not know how to hire. So let's just keep going with no employees. My stand-up is going nowhere, and I keep trying to find a double-act partner, but it's been so, <laughs> it's been so tough without ZipRecruiter. <laughs> uh, but guys, 
It's hard to find quali- uh, qualified candidates to be Alex Keeley's doubles partner. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, double hang, not doubles like you're looking for. Well, I, I do part. like playing tennis a lot. I did bring my racket this year, so that's also valid. Oh, I saw that. Well, good news, you guys. <laughs> it's very good news for all of you looking to hire. Um, this year, there's a solution. It's ziprecruiter.com slash skeptic. Do you get like a free thing if you Yeah, use you that get code? something free. Uh, it's down here. I forget what it is. Wait, it's the highest rated hiring site in America. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, by the rating system. Ah, you can try it for free if you say ziprecruiter.com slash skeptic. That's good. That's the one. And it's probably still a highly rated website for hiring outside of America as well. I can't vouch for what, what is in non-American. I've got to assume it is. Do you think they have an England one? <laughs> Please don't. Please don't cut any of this. <laughs> Zip recruiter. Oh, I would not. Zip recruiter. Um, <laughs> did I spell it right? Dot, what, what's your thing? En. Co.uk. Jesus. Let's see. Well, apparently not. No. Nope. Oh, no, it is. Smartest way to get hired. I mean, the website looks. <laughs> I, the website looks great. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The website. Mm, okay. Main, main. Wait, skip to main content. Nope. Weird. Okay. Well, the English website it is might not be like a holding I think page. It, I think it might be our. It's like it's our Wi-Fi. I blame us. Okay. Well, anyway, ZipRecruiter.com is an actual website, so I don't even know if they're trying to go here. But why else would it have it? .co. Yeah, way better, right? <laughs> .com is like this is what happens when you live in a country that doesn't leave their fucking surroundings for no reason. <laughs> You're False attempting problems. to leave the world. <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point. It was, I, I don't know. I haven't really talked to you since Trump has taken office, have I? No. Oh, I guess you guys owe me an apology. <laughs> <laughs> it's time you finally admit that he's doing a great job. <laughs> 4.1% GDP growth, baby. <laughs> never, under, never happened under Obama, apart from all the times it happened under Obama. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he, we we all agree he's bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, with ZipRecruiter.com, okay, here's how it works. It sends your job to a hundred of the job of the web's leading job boards. Interesting. They don't stop there, though. They don't. I heard they stop there. No, 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 no. They don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes <laughs> to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. Can you even imagine, Alex? As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates, so you never miss a great match. Unlike me in online dating, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he missed everything. They're like, "Oh, your picture is different than I expected." It's so effective. Eighty percent of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate. Through the site within one day. One day. So stop wasting time, people. Yes. <laughs> I have four employees now. <laughs> I just have it. Over the course this of this <laughs> recording. Wow, that's great. I love it. Another important thing uh, for you all to know is that uh, as Ari opened new tabs, very apparent that the man does not use private browsing. <laughs> Why? What do I got? What's your, what's your private browsing? This should all like, go away? So if, you open, if you open a tab, there'll probably be the last eight websites that you've used or more frequently used. And yeah. I presume that, uh, that I has <laughs> a glimpse something fun. <laughs> oh, you mean all these? No, 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 no. New, so, tab. new tab. What have we got? What have we got? What have we got? Uh, Just anything. You no, know, I don't have it. Just anything. Because, yeah, so because should... of that. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's not on my fucking computer like you are here. I can put on Pornhub on my goddamn computer. It's car it's rentals, just... Twitter, Pornhub, and Google Maps. Those are the co- Ari can get to any porn site within a 50 mile radius using car hire and Google mapping technology. <laughs> There's CNN on there too. Although I visited that once in the last three months. So I'm really lucky it's up front. It makes me look way smarter than I am. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, wait, there was one last thing to say. I forgot about it. 
Uh, okay, right now my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. That's website. ZipRecruiter.com slash skeptic. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-K-E-P-T-I-C. All right. The smartest way to hire. That's called a tagline. That's the longest advert that there's ever been. Yeah, it's, that's longer than most. You got a, you got a lot of free shit. We made it very entertaining. Um, I'm really excited for Edinburgh this year, you guys. I'm excited to be back. As soon as I landed, my whole year was geared towards fucking preparing for this. So I was when I was like a month ago, I was like, oh, it's finally happening. I got so sidetracked with like just doing it that I'm like, I forgot what I was doing it for. And then when I landed and saw all the fucking the stone you know, buildings that they have here. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I saw the posters. I don't know. I'm fucking amped. I don't know how you guys feel about <laughs> it. But I'm really like, st- like stoked on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's nice to you guys see you again. I was excited about it. All right. Let's start the episode. <laughs> um, I'll talk about this fucking Austria trip on the outside. So I went to Austria. You should have seen me stealing bread at some point in one of these Austrian huts. And all my group just looking at me like, look at the Jew stealing bread in Austria. Um all right, enjoy your tech scouting. Uh, this is uh, with Andy Curtain, all about this dark, dark shit in, in Shanghai and in China and how uh, it's fucking weird there, weirder than you'd think. Um, so, Ari Shavir's Skeptic, episode 331, I think. Maybe 330. I'm not great at that part. Uh, White China with Andy Curtain. It's 331. White China with Andy Curtain starts now. You know, it's like that long beach in the dark. and On, I, on Copenhagen. Yeah, yeah, it's like Hat Rin is like way down there and we're somewhere halfway along. And um, I'm running and I'm not being dramatic or anything, but I looked and like a human head like fucking appeared out of the sand. And what? I'm standing over it like this. And I realized it was just a coconut sitting in the fucking sand. Oh, but like, as, that means the mushrooms worked. Yeah, but yeah. like as I realized that... I turned and there was a couple just walking in the dark, just watching me staring at this fucking coconut. Like this. And I was like, just coconut. It's, just, just <laughs> it's cool, you guys. I checked it out. It, it's all fine. It's definitely not a human head. <laughs> you think it's good? Uh, I think it's probably been doing that for another fucking 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, the drip is so slow on that. that. But that's the... You don't, you don't like make it to have it. You, you make it... And then you sit it in a jar and pour eight coffees out over the next two hours. Yeah, you know? but like you have to keep. That means you have to put in only a cup's worth of water. I'm Otherwise questioning Hyde's decision. My hotel's great, man. My hotel. Come this way. Which way are you going? Let me just check it out together. My hotel's got one of those fucking espresso machines. You just put the little thing in there. It's like two. That seconds. doesn't look like coffee at all, bro. Mm. Oh man, dude. Did you put that in there? No, 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 no. It's definitely supposed to sit in this. Oh, fuck it, man. Just leave it. But it's going to piss water everywhere, though. Hang on. It'll be done soon. No, no, dude. That's full. Look at it. I know. 
<laughs> I don't want to fucking leave a mess here, but all right, that'll be just, fine. Just, There's not enough to overflow. I have a bottle of water and enthusiasm. I can survive oh, that. Man, coffee. you're gonna have to watch me drinking tea, and you get nothing. <laughs> That's how they normally make it—just a bag of coffee. I mean, I've never been in a hotel room that had a, a, a dripolator. I mean, that's like a diner coffee, you know? And listen to this fucking thing. Listen to it. Dude, just turn it off. It doesn't even turn off. The button doesn't even turn off. You have to unplug it. I'm pulling it out. Yeah, pull it out. All right. I like how you're wearing a Kung Fu comedy shirt to pr- promote it to the fucking festival. I, I just had no other shirts. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you have no other shirts except your fucking cum- Come on, I had fucking Steve shirt. Simone shirts on the other night. Yeah, that's fine. That's like most of my clothes. I don't fucking buy clothing. I get free shirts from shit that I go to. Yeah. How's the new club? I really wanted to go. It just didn't have time in the end. I, I would, like, honestly, it's, it's better than... The room that you played was great. Like, that's a great that's room. Great. Yeah. But it's better. Really? Yeah, it's just got... Why? It's it's a little bit bigger. It's got a proper stage. Like having a proper stage really does make a big difference. Yeah, instead of standing on the ground. Yeah, yeah. and and like I don't know if you remember, but you know, it, it wasn't ground. It was like a really small sort of just piece of shit. Like 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 when an like when a twelve year old builds a skateboard ramp. You know, that's just kind of like bang together in a shed kind of wood piece of shit thing. And this is like an actual like, wow. it doesn't have, because when you're on a stage like that, it creaks, you know, you, you go you go on for like a bit of silence and you're like yeah. on the stage. Yeah, it takes people out of it. Yeah. So it's got like, and, and then there's, we did, you know, Stand Up New York has that table around the edge of the stage. Yeah. That's really smart because. It's a barrier. Not just a barrier, but it gives people an incentive to A, sit in the front, and B, when they're in the front, they pull themselves in because they want to put their drink on the table. Oh, instead of going away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the like, comedy when, store has that, the original room. Sure. Well, so when you don't have that, you people will just naturally, if they're like, they're, oh, they're like I'm too close to the stage, they start to push back. Oh, you mean if you just have chairs? Yeah. No tables. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We never do tables. T- tables, are, I don't know. Like, well, I'm it not, takes up space needlessly. Yeah, the other thing about tables is I I my probably is not like a good business decision, but like people put tables in and allow staff in the room because they want to sell more drinks, which is sure you want to make the business work and fine. Yeah, but it negatively affects the show. Well, Mitzi would always say that about food. She was like, "Why don't you serve food? You make a lot more money, and you could let in under twenty-one year olds. If you have food, if you have over twenty, if you have just drinks, it's just a bar, right? Yeah, but if you have food, that means you can have eighteen-year-olds in there, just not letting them drink. She goes, well, that's it distracts decision. them. Yeah, they're looking at their chicken cacciatore. They're not looking at the comedian. Dude, totally. Like, I don't know why they. You ever noticed in Australia how they do this all the time? Is they'll have like long tables where everyone faces each other. Oh yeah, it's weird. It's the, I'm like, why? Lounge. That's one of the places that does yeah. it. That, which uh, Comics Lounge is a great room. I don't want to like say. No, it's, you're just talking about one detail. Yeah, like, that, it'd be nice to have everyone would facing be way, the stage. It would be way better. You turn them all around. You pack them in. Yeah. Like people being packed. In. Like comedy, I feel like is the one time when being packed in makes the experience better. Oh, have you it's ever like a restaurant works in Denver? No, no, no. So they have these desk like like um, high school desk chairs with those little like tables on the side. Yeah, the, every chair is nailed to the ground. So you can't move it. The other chair is right next to oh, you. Oh, I like that. And yeah. there's like a little holder, like a cup cutout for your fucking beer glasses so they don't spill because it's a fucking table that's about a foot by two feet. And so you put that thing in there. 
put some baskets of wings right behind it, and there's no space. So the waitresses can't even get through every row. Oh. They have to go front to back. They have to go over somebody's head in front of somebody else's yeah, head. Yeah, but like, how much better does that make the show? It makes it way better. And people go, this isn't comfortable. It's like, yeah, unbeknownst yeah. to you, you don't want it comfortable. Yeah. People say, oh, it's too cold in here. I'm like, good. It'll be better. You don't want to be warm and falling asleep. Fucking, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I wish I could nail the seats down. The only problem for me is that like we're massively violating fire codes. So we need to have oh, like, yeah. so I don't know, I don't know how this works, but whenever they're doing like a raid with the fire department, yeah. we get a call like they're coming in and we got to go they give in. you the notice ahead of time in China. Yeah. In Shanghai? Well, I don't know. I don't know why we get it, but for some reason we get it. It's the, the building owner or whatever. So we have to run in there. And like, sometimes I'll be like middle of the day. They're like, they're coming in an hour. We're like run over there and just pack all the chairs up and open all, like, you know, to make it seem like it's not a fire hazard. Yeah. We're like clear, you know, you got to have a gigantic, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like an exit route. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, they do that there. I think they would just like have like factories. Yeah. Like- I, well, Sh- no, but Shanghai is different because they, a building burned down like n- not that long ago and killed a whole bunch of people. Oh. So, so like even that district, like the, the, the district that we're in, they're particularly careful about because they don't want to lose their jobs having 50 more people die in a house fire or, or, you know, like a building fire. And that wasn't that long ago. I think it was maybe two years ago. That's it was while I was there strikes. for sure. Whoa. So that's hilarious. How do you get the, how do you get the, the notice that they're coming? So just the building, the, the manager sends me a message. I think... Do I they think, tell them like, hey, we're coming to inspect well, I today? I think it's a government-owned building. Oh. So there's people being like, hey, you know, we need, we, we need to say that we've done a check. We can't just not submit forms that we've done checks. Yeah. And the people that are coming, you know, they probably get their secretary sends them like, hey, you got to go to this address to do it. They don't give a shit. They just have to go there and walk through and do their job. It's everyone. It's it's about everyone being able to say that their job has been done. That's it. They're not actually targeting us. Right. They don't want us to fail. I don't think. I I always thought it was interesting how like if you have a general that lives next door to you, as long as you don't make noise and piss off the general, you're way more likely to have like regulations be okayed. Totally. Yeah. 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 You just get to know your neighbor who has pull. Is that how it is? Uh, I mean, it's more, it's, I mean, it's unlikely to be like white people are un, or foreigners are unlikely to be in that conversation because it'll be between the landlord and you're unlikely to own your property there oh, um, right. for multiple reasons. First of all, if you're a foreigner, you probably can't afford anything. I mean, the astro- I mean, it's like New York level house pricing in Shanghai. What do you mean for anybody or just for foreigners? For everyone. Oh really? Yeah, it's super expensive. Shanghai? Oh yeah, dude. We're, like in the inner ring road. You don't live in the inner. Yeah, yeah. I'm like full. Of, dude, I live across the road from the comedy club. Super you still live in the same spot you lived in before? Very close. How much was your spot before? It was a nice place. Oh, I can't even remember where I was. I, I mean, I've always lived in the same area, but I don't know specifically which place you're talking about. But uh, I'm paying now. I, I'm on a really good. I just got like a crazy good deal, which is why I don't want to move. Um, but I was paying in US dollar terms, I think like 3,500 a no month. No fucking way. For a small two bedroom. A really small. Like what? a shoe, like a shoebox. Yeah, those are New York prices. Yeah. Wow. No, dude, that actually, my math is way out. No, 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 it's way less than that. It's more like two, 2,500. 
Still way more than I because Bangkok you can get a sweet place for like oh, four, dude, you kidding me? Bangkok bucks. is way yeah no 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 like completely different pricing. And then Hong Kong's even more expensive uh, than Shanghai. They say in Hong Kong you double your your cost and then you have the square meterage. Oh really? Ah oh, man, I I like it's you you go to places in there and you're like, how are people even living in this size? You and go then, to Sean Abear's room. Uh, I know. I never went to his place. I know Sean well, but I, I never been to his place. It was place. not enough room to open the door all day. Yeah. Are people go, you go in there, dude. Like, I was at my friend's house. He's paying the same amount of money in Hong Kong dollars. So maybe, like, say, he's paying $2,000 a month. In the in a great part of the city, like, central, but you could touch the television from with your feet from the couch. Like, I could. Not you, me. I'm, like, half the height of you. <laughs> And then the bed touches almost four walls. Yeah. You know, the bathroom is your kitchen kind of that's thing. That's what Sean was like, wow, there's luckily just enough room for the length of this bed. The thing that's crazy about that area, though, is it's like it's like a vertical city, you know. Uh, straight up. Yeah, everything's above you. Yeah, you don't feel like – you don't see space ahead of you. It's just walls everywhere, but everything is like – you're like – you can see people – you know, someone's in their kitchen – you know, looking up over there to the right, and then on the left, there's a yoga studio. In the middle of it. I love it's how the they have just, there's no space. zoning. There's just like businesses next to apartments, yeah. next to a whore bar. Yeah, a whore bar. Yeah, I mean, there's always like the you know the you know they have the barber pole. That's the signal. No, what? If you have a barber pole outside, it's the signal that you can you can have sex in there for money. I thought isn't that a signal if you can get a haircut for money? Uh, I don't think so, actually. <laughs> Wait, a barber I would pole? never go into a place with a barber pole for a haircut. I'll put it that way. <laughs> right. A barber pole outside the, the front door or outside the, like, the, the, the building? At the front of the building, a barber pole is means a signal. Is there somewhere in there that you can fuck for money? No, the barber, means the, the barber pole business. Like, you have a sign, you have a barber pole, that place, you can have sex for money. What? Yeah. Also, not, it's not super uncommon that a place that gives you a haircut will also give you sex. I, I, one of my friends, when I first moved there, she was living with this German guy and he was just getting haircuts every week <laughs> <laughs> and his hair was just getting like shorter and shorter, shorter and shorter. <laughs> you take like a millimeter off every time. And eventually she was like, why do you keep getting haircuts? He's like, because they give me blowjobs when they cut the hair. So and then he feels like he has to get something. I mean, why not? If you're getting a haircut anyway, it's like, just cut like a tiny bit off the top before we start. I think let me, let my hair never get. <laughs> Outside of this right range. You look like a very satisfied cancer patient. They gave him blowjobs. Yeah. To be fair, that's not... The blowjob haircut thing is not common, but it's not... Un- what is it, usually a handy? I, I've never done it. Ugh. Ew, and you're going to get pieces of hair? I have enough trouble getting a decent haircut in a place that's, like, dedicated... <laughs> For haircuts, I don't need to. I don't need to go to this the blowjob specialty place to have some B grade. Do the worst when, you're, up when you're in, in Chiang Mai or something, and you do just want a massage, and you go in there, and you're like, "This place looks too dirty. It's a fucking hooker place." Oh, but man. you're like, I actually just wanted a massage. Is there somewhere I can go for an actual massage? Because those ladies know how to do it, just because they've done it some, but they're not really trained in it. Well, you always know if you if you're getting a massage in Asia, massage, and it, massage, and it's a bad one. Yeah, you're like, it's a hand job place, right? Because if if they don't give hand jobs, then they're they're amazing at giving massages. Right. Like it's their superpower. Otherwise, no one would go in there. No, well, that would have bu- that would have a business. Like why? Yeah. 
Yeah, and if you're not giving out hand jobs, you know, there's a it's a re- it, there's a really common like uh, I keep using the word common, but but there's a you often see this charity structure where it's blind people giving massages. Have you ever seen that? It's, oh, so, so blind yeah. people can have a job because it's like hard yeah. for them to get work over That's there. That's a job you could do. Well, then they're, they're like extra good at it because like, their hand, their 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 they sense can feel of touch. The knots in your- well, their sense of touch is heightened because they're not distracted by vision. Oh, I bet their blowjobs are tremendous then. <laughs> yeah, dude, have you ever gotten a blowjob from a blind chick? <laughs> I I I had a blind massage where I identified halfway through that the guy was pretending to be blind. <laughs> and I felt so ripped off, you know. What I was, you know, how'd like, you know? Oh, he was looking at shit, you know. Times <laughs> like you got. I, I'm not, this sounds or? like a joke. This is totally real. I'm staring at him, and he just like does the Stevie Wonder, like just starts glaring at nothing, like rotating his head slowly on purpose to show yeah, he's blind. Oh, clearly, yeah, yeah. And then when we left, he's like, you know, watch your head on the way out. You know, yeah, he definitely could see. Yeah, it was. Um, I went to in Ho Chi Minh. I went to a blind restaurant. That sounds awful. It was interesting. They put you in a dark, like upstairs where there's no light. And Wait, then, they're blind. Wait, what does blind mean? The waiters are all blind. <laughs> you sit in a pitch black room where there's no light. You go up a dark step, and then it's a curtain, and then and they then through another curtain, and then there's no light, and there's the windowless room. So it's just pitch black. There's no like, not even like very little light. There's no light. And these waiters who know the fucking layout, they're like, do not move your chair back. You know, do not move your chair over. Welcome. Sit right here. Welcome to our life. Yeah. They go, do you want a Western <laughs> meal or, a, or an Asian meal? You choose, choose one. The chef makes you. Oh, uh, I wish there was like a third option of like the, uh, the mystery box. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, they don't tell you what, what it is in the meal. And uh, then you get there and you're like, what'd you think this was? Afterwards, like, what'd you think the second course was? You're like, well, I thought maybe some nutmeg in there. And it's just a way for these people to have jobs. Did you do that show in the that uh, in Melbourne? They had that comedy in the dark. Or have you done a show like that before? What is it? What do you mean? So they bring the crowd in. Yeah. S- similar thing. You know, you go through two curtains or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they sit them down, and it's they can't see anything. The whole oh. crowd is in complete darkness. Oh. And then the comics get let in after they've all been sat, so they don't get to see you. They don't. They don't know who's on the show. You don't get introduced, and. Uh, you can see a little bit, like they have to have an exit sign. So I think the crowd has does that. In addition to it being completely dark, they have glasses. Um, no, like the you know when you're on a flight. Like uh, what do you call it? Like the eyes pad. blinders. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then the you go on and then you, you perform to people who would have no idea who's going. It's really good. Wow. Yeah, it's a sick. great show. It sounds I like, like that it, better than the than there's that show where you perform in another room and then it's transmitted to another. So you oh, can't I've heard about. That. I've never done that. I've heard about that. But at least here, you're like, oh, I can know if I'm getting laughs or not. No, do you get you get really big laughs because they're but that'd all, be interesting for hot women comics who are like don't realize they're relying on their good looks to get good favor from the crowd. Well, like, that's all gone. I'll I'll tell you something. I uh, I don't want to say who it was, but I there was a comic that came in late, so I didn't see him. I'd never met them before. I now know them, but. This person has a very sexy voice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like a super sexy voice. And they're not as attractive <laughs> as their voice. These people are like, so you hear the it? whole room was like, this is like a super, you know, super hot, <laughs> hot person. And they came out. I was like, oh, it was you. <laughs> that was you in there. You remember uh, Wayne's World when they met the radio guy? And you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's you? <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Um, so, yeah, 
talking about China. We were talking in Melbourne. That's when I wanted to do this podcast. We we're talking in Melbourne about all the fucking actual details of what it's like to be in China. Like what the people say, like they sum it up really fast, like less freedom. It's like, okay, but in real terms, what does that mean? I think in real terms, it's more freedom. I think so too in some uh, ways. No, absolutely. Like one, which is like one example. Like if you see a police officer in the West, even if you, you're white you know, or yeah. even if you like have no reason to fear, you still like, ugh, you're like super Did uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, yeah you, you, they put you on edge. That, that, that's a like immediate. Whereas like cops in China, man, they, you see people like push cops. You know, they, they, the cops never do. They're never going to make you feel like you're, Got to worry about anything, and if and if you get into trouble, I have this theory that they have cops in China have object permanence because if you can like get around object permanence, like a baby, if you hide something, the baby then doesn't remember that thing ever existed. Uh-huh. So like a cop in China, if you like get around a corner, you're gone. They're like, well, I guess that guy never existed. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're not like detectives. They're not going to chase after you. They're not gonna, like trying to crack the case. They're like, what? He must have. I vanished. Like, what was I doing? Ghost car. Yeah, I was just running towards this corner a second ago. So, yeah, I. Uh, that's like just one example. People, you know, drinking in the street, that's the one. The drinking in the streets when I always quote. So, like, you say you're free in America. You can get 3.30 a.m. in the streets of Beijing. I, some guy was too hot to sleep, and he was in his, you know, uh, fucking, uh, what's the word for the New York they use? Bodega. Um just the, it's like I don't know, and we all bought you know twenty ounces of beer, and we walked, walked in the around. street and drank them like free Americans. Well, you you wonder why you can't do? That. I mean, you, you, because you you're can't afraid of somebody people... sculling somebody. But like, yeah, they're, in China, they're like, no, no, you'll go to jail if you skull somebody. It doesn't matter what time of day you do it. Violent. There, there's almost well, you know, that's a really good example actually. And this isn't like a a government related. Uh, well, well, maybe it is in a way, half but half, right? yeah. but because of a complete absence of violence, yeah. One, like, restriction on the way you feel freedom is, like, when you go out at night, you're like, am I safe? Like, there's places where you're like, I'm not safe right now. Like, that's – what a huge restriction on freedom where you're like, I need to think about getting home without getting murdered. Right. Never have that. Like, like any woman – if you had – if your girlfriend was like, oh, I'm going to walk home through this park at 3 a.m. on a Saturday in China, you're like, yeah, just enjoy. enjoy the park. Yeah, go wow. sniff some flowers on your way home. Wow. That was crazy. Once yeah. you guys told me that, once you and Turner told me that, they're like, oh, it's the safest country yeah. in the world. Like, nothing will happen to you. Even drunk women at 4 a.m. don't get touched. Nothing. Um, then it was like, oh, well, I'm going out then. Yeah. Well, you don't, you, you lose that fear of that. And I remember going back to Melbourne, which is pretty unsafe in some ways. It's not like, it's not like it's a ghetto or anything, but if you're in, a, if you're in an area where people are getting super drunk, you know, you have, like, people that might... Once you add bogus to the mix, anything goes. Yeah. So I remember I was walking home from a gig in the CBD, like, the uh, middle of town. In Melbourne. And, yeah, and I just had... There was, like, a big group of guys behind me, and I, and I just had that feeling, like, oh, you know, you should turn around and make sure you're safe. I thought, wow, I haven't thought... I haven't, even th- haven't had, wow. had that thought in years. Wow. That I would have to, like, check my surroundings. That is a freedom. A freedom Massive freedom, 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 yeah. Freedom movement. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't... I'm not out going to a place where I get into fights at, at this age anymore. You know, like I would have no, been when I was younger. You by some drunk youth. You're like, oh, yeah, totally. You just like don't things. have to deal with it. More than anything, you're like, I just, this is not something I really should have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And in China, you just never have to deal with it. At the worst thing that could happen, really, is a drunk Chinese guy will just want to talk to you. A 
in a way that's not that appealing to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, just the, hello, you know, like just, they just want you to say hello. That's it. <laughs> just make fun of your whiteness. Yeah. Yeah. Reveal that they don't actually look up to us. They look down at us. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you're beneath them. Well, what, what country doesn't think yeah. that? <laughs> but the crazy thing is Chinese are beneath us. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to that thought, Ari. When, so- when we're working in Chinese, you know, concentration camps in the next 10 years. Oh, yeah. So you were telling me about those fucking... Yeah, so that... It's like this trade-off. You can't count on Google. Uh, I mean, the, the internet is fucking annoying. Right. But they don't use that internet. So that's not a restriction on their freedom. What do you mean? Well, like... Oh, okay. You, here's the thing that people don't realize, and it took me a while to realize, is that if you speak different languages, you use different internets. Really? Yeah, you, it's different sites. You, you, if you don't speak English, you think you're checking the New York Times? You can't read it. Oh. You know? Yeah, so who cares if you restrict access to that when you're like... They, don't get, they, they can't read it. It's if, like us not getting the Shanghai I'm not Times saying no Chinese people speak English. I'm saying most Chinese people don't speak English. True. So they're never going to... Their likelihood of accessing that website is the likelihood that you have of accessing a regular... Chinese news website that's in Chinese characters. Yeah, no. There's a 0% chance. They use a different internet? Yeah. We, I mean, it's the same. I mean, just just like it's a different. Look at your web browser. Yeah. You have, there's like 10 sites that you use regularly. Their 10 sites are a different 10 sites. So you guys They're, have your own Facebook? You have your own, you have your own. Yeah. Have I mean, they, they had, you know what? They had their own version of Facebook, but then it just got kind of beaten out by like WeChat, which is not the same as Facebook, but it's, I guess it just fulfills that need that people have to be in, on a social like, network. Isn't what's WeChat closer to WhatsApp? Yeah. It's like a combination of WhatsApp and, 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 and Twitter. Yeah. Kind of blended in together. But then with, with all these other things, like you, you can pay your bill. I mean, here, here's some fucking Through freedoms, WeChat? dude. Dude, everything. Everything. You pay for restaurant. Like people don't use cash anymore. They just put, we, they have WeChat accounts. Yeah, everything's on. Well, WeChat or Alipay, it's like two competitive payment platforms. WeChat and is a dude, if you go, like I, if I, like I go, I get a reminder. I'm like, oh, pay your electricity bill. Actually, you can do an auto pay. And I just open my WeChat, boom, paid. Transfer funds. From here. Yeah. If, does the government don't, control the WeChat? Yeah, well, I mean, everything's controlled. Right, right. Are they watching it? Yeah. So you can't post, like, whoever the new Mao is. You can't put a fuck Mao. No. You couldn't even put fuck Mao. I, someone recently shared Jordan Peterson's book on their, like, public wall, and their account got shut down for three days. Wow. I don't man. know what was in the book. I don't, I don't know. What, I know who Jordan Peterson is, but I don't... No, specific- what does that have to do with... Yeah, I don't know. That, to me, that was a completely obtuse connection. What is there, like, one objectionable, like, passage in there? Maybe, yeah. I, I, that's the other thing is you never know. They're never, like, this is the... No one's ever going to be like, this is the reason, you know. You just yeah, have- I could see you having, like, a three-hour sermon by a guy, and then just, like... Deep, deep in there. And he's like, you know, you can go anywhere. It's not like China. You can go wherever you want here. And it's like, and just that little thing as an aside and one thing about freedom of, of fucking colleges or thoughts. Yeah. Just to mention, well, like, like, no, you're out. Well, what? like another thing is that like, here's the thing that comics have trouble wrapping their head around is that like, there are topics that are off limits, right? And the, com- the like, I reckon, I reckon one out of 10 comics says, no, but my angle is agreeing with the way that they feel. It's like, they don't fucking care. They don't want your support. They don't want it mentioned. It's, not, it's, it's off limits. I remember doing a joke about Mao and then feeling the tension of the crowd. <laughs> you didn't do a joke. I was doing anti-government, anti-US government stuff. 
which you guys were like, yeah, that's fine. And yeah, was, that's totally fine. I said, what America needs is a new Mao to come and murder oh, all our politicians. I don't think you said that. I did. In Dude, the second room. I would be amazed if you got out of that fucking room alive. I felt the... Uh, and I was like, it's pro-China. Dude, I had a show... Uh, you know, James and Do you James. think there's a spy in every show? No. But, you, I mean, it, all it takes is for someone to record it and then for someone else to get it. You know, I don't think it's... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You never know. I shouldn't have made that joke. We've been very lucky. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not, whatever. It's done. That's what we can say. But like James Adomian, right? So so we got shut down in, in Sujo. Which you went to Sujo. Mm-hmm. Great. Right in front of the gardens. That room was, you played the, oh no, actually the room you played wasn't the good one. That was, that room kind of sucked a bit. It was that bar. Oh, I stayed right in front of the gardens. You had a great hotel. Hotel. That, that hotel is amazing. It's like built into the city wall. It was great. And, and then right a, in the hotel is and the, then the, the back yeah, the is garden, the gardens. Like a beautiful. You Suj- walk in there for hours. Sujo is famous for those kind of rock gardens with, yeah. the, with the ponds. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah, I love that place. We never, we can't go back there anymore. Um, right. Wow, well, we can't. We don't do shows there, so I'm not just going to go on a fucking holiday there. Oh, yeah. oh right, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was like a series of events happened, and then we were in this show, and I think Turner was hosting, and there's guys in the back just filming. And you know, you're at a comedy show, see people filming. We're like, hey, you're not allowed it's to film, enough. you know. And Turner's like, no, 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 don't touch him, don't touch him. Who said that? Turner. He's like, they're 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 with the government, and um, and then so. I went to James. No, was, no, no, don't touch him, don't touch him. <laughs> I was, yeah, because we would like throw people out, you know. Um, and James was like in the back and there was another exit. And we hadn't had a great start to that trip. He, he had some issues with his flights and stuff. So, and I just picked him up on that leg. So I was still kind of feeling him out a little bit. Um, and I said to him, I was like, Hey man, we're having some issues with the show. We think we should stop the show. There's an exit here. I just want you, I just want you to be safe. Why don't you and I, we'll just walk out of here. And he was like, no, he's like, these are my fans. A domian? Pe- yeah. He was like, these people came to see me. That's not true in China. Uh, they just came to see an American. I, whatever. I, but, but I was like, I was like, I really, I really recommend that we should leave. I strongly recommend that we should leave. And he was like, no, I, I, these people, they have come to see me do a show. I'm going to do a show. So I was just, I couldn't convince him. So I went back in there with these dudes filming. No, actually, they'd walked out to kind of convene how they were going to fucking shut the whole thing down. And I went on stage and I said to the crowd, I was like, hey, we're having these issues with this so-and-so. So, But I was like, but James still wants to do the show. You guys want to see the show? Everyone was like, no. No, we don't want this fucking yeah. show. And then we were like, okay, show's off. We just ended it there. <laughs> and then they, they came. came to see me. They want a show and get him a show. I was like, oh, they actually don't want I'm not a show. Ca- I, res- I respect him. I respect oh, what he was sure. doing. I'm, it wasn't like a criticism of him. And also, That's hilarious. He the crowd is like, nah. The crowd was like, we do not want to be here for this. They, they were like, shut it down. This is not a good idea. Wow. Um, and then after that, we were like hours of just handing over information and they're like did you sell tickets to the show and i was like no and then they like show us how ticketing website we're like oh, oh weird oh that <laughs> <laughs> oh that ticketing website because <laughs> you're not allowed to sell tickets otherwise you're gonna pay the fifty thousand dollar like setup fee uh it, it's there, there's different things in different places that we have different licenses but in that specific situation i remember was it wushi wushi yeah where you sold tickets at the bar next door and then you come over no that was sujo that, that was sujo okay. yeah yeah which is the same situation. It's exactly the same dynamic. Yeah, and it was like, where are we going? Like, we're going for the ticket. Oh seller. man, it's, uh, the, this cool guy next door was like, "We'll sell your tickets, but you won't have a show in here." Yeah, uh, it's ludicrous. Yeah, 
on the American street or the expat street? Uh, yeah, Lee Gong Di. It's uh, it was kind of the new part of town. Remember, there was like a new part of town, an uh-huh. old part of town. Uh huh. It's a beautiful, Suzhou. I really like I it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like super underrated. I think it's a great place, but I wouldn't. I'm kind of done traveling domestically. Really, it's all the same. He starts everything. He starts to look the same. Like, Have you ever seen the uh, the, the fucking stone um, soldiers? Oh, the the terror the terracotta warriors. I mean, it's kind of like the Taj Mahal. In that, yeah, you get your photo with it, but you have to go really far to get there, and there's nothing else to see around there. Oh. You know? So yeah. it's just up in the north, sort of central north China. I guess they call it the west. Yeah, somebody asked me once. I was like, no, I didn't go there. I wonder why, but I guess that's why. It's really far away, and there's nothing. You, you go there to see some... At least a great wall. You're like, how much like do hours. you love statues that you will sit on a plane for hours? Like, just show me And all of those taxi rides in a city that looks like all of those other cities you've been for... Just to get the fun, like, Did I don't you know. Did you do it? No. Oh, no, you're not. Okay. No, no, no. So tell me about this WeChat and this, what we were talking about with the, like some of these videos you get to see that you wouldn't get to see here in America. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know why it is that they don't censor it, whether, but they, they definitely have the capacity to censor stuff because there have been videos since I've been there that have gone like mind-blowingly viral. I mean, like a billion people saw them in a day. Kind it of doesn't, thing. it's people who can't comprehend. Like, like Des told me once that he was on some like reality show in, in China. And it was, I was like, was it a big show? He goes, ah, it's like 20th of the night. Not even big. I was like, oh, okay. So nobody saw it. He goes, oh no, 38 million people. Saw yeah. It. <laughs> when I say 20th of the night, you don't realize how many people are in China. Well, do, do you know the story about the guy Dashan that, that Des knows? He's like the most famous white guy in China. He's mm-hmm. a Canadian guy. And, and and 30 years ago, he was the... So they have this show called the... the For their Chinese New Year, they have this gala show, right? And it's watched by 500 million people. Like, literally, that's how many people are watching it. And he was on it, the first white guy to ever... First non-Chinese person to ever be on it. And then he subsequently was on it, like, four times. So he didn't even know how big it was when he first saw it. And he's just like, okay, there's, like, you know, 400 people in this studio... You know, whatever they see it, maybe some people saw it online. And the next day, he's walking down the street. First person's like, "Oh!" and he's like, really? "Oh, I guess they were in the studio uh-huh. last night." You know, second is, "Oh!" He's like, every single every single person knows who he is. Wow! Yeah, it's mind bending how famous he is. Wow! Yeah, what guy? Yeah, they, they don't even know his. Too. The funny thing is, they don't even know his English name. He's just Big Mountain. <laughs> I, I went. I remember getting my going for that trip and going to the. Um, embassy or whatever the, get, oh, the visa office yeah. in, in new york yeah and then like it not working out and um because they were like i was like they're like what are you going for i was like, i'm going for work and they're like well, where's your letter of invitation where's your where's your uh paperwork where's all this i'm like i, I don't know and like you need a letter of invitation from the government you need this and that and i was like oh, oh excuse me and i remember like like uh, skyping you guys and be like i don't have this stuff and you're like oh no don't tell me you're working it was back to the early days of going to canada you're yeah, just like, you're just going to visit somebody, and I was like, "What should I do?" Like, do you like guys who like go back in line and tell them you're there to visit? I'm like, I was just in line. <laughs> the lady will know me. And then you guys were—I like, don't know if it was you or Turner—were like, "Oh no, you know how the way you can't tell Chinese people apart? <laughs> it works exactly both yeah. ways." Yeah, they're like, "You can go to the same window. You're like, go get lunch and go back, and try not to go to the same window, but you can. It won't matter." And you were right. Yeah, they, they don't care. They also don't care. They know. barely even looking up. Yeah. Um, I, uh, the funniest was like Kurt Metzger. He, oh, yeah, was, he just went, he was in line. It was, and, and like 
whilst he was in line, he realized they're going to hold on to his pa- passport for a day, and he had to fly to Buffalo the uh-huh. next day. And fucking, like, I really like Kurt. Like, he's a really good guy. He's a but, wreck, dude. He has these like level ten meltdowns at the drop of a hat. So he's standing. So he goes from he's, zero to five. He's on no the time. phone in the Chinese visa office, which is a is a pretty serious place, and he's just like <laughs> fuck. Fuck! Fuck! You know, like just throwing his bag on the ground. He's like, "Fuck! Dude, does have a fucking passport?" Like, and uh, you're like, "Dude, you have a license?" No, I don't. He doesn't. He didn't. I know. Did you know what we did? Was I called Turner? Who was in New York at the time, and I said, "Dude, you want to open for Kurt Metzger? All you have to do is drive him to Buffalo." <laughs> and he did it. It was with uh, that other guy, Barry Crimmins. Um, so it's a good story for him. For who? Turner. For Turner. Yeah. 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 But uh, Kurt, man, oh, Lord. He had went to war with Barry Crimmins every single time they opened. He was just such a lunatic because of all the fucking molestation that he was like, you can't even deal with the guy. Wow. Yeah, but now he's dead. The, uh, yeah, dude. Oh, my Lord. Kurt was like, he, um, we, when we, you know, you go to the train station and we like pull up in the taxi in the train station in Suzhou and the taxi drives off. And again, he's like, fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck. And he's left like, all of his luggage in the back of this taxi just driving off down the highway. <laughs> and we have no means of communication with this car. Did he get it? No. We got, I got, I, I, you know what I did? I, I found, like, I called the hotel. They called the taxi company. They tracked which car might have been really? there at the time. Yeah, and they got the guy. But then there were no tra- – we had to go to a whole different train. It took us, like, eight hours to get back, like, on a half-hour trip. It was just a disaster. Kurt is a wreck all the time. <laughs> and I really liked it. Like, yeah. I really liked the guy. Like, I, it's just something you got to deal with with him. Yeah. He, would, he lost his phone, I reckon, every 20 seconds. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking fuck. God, he really does. You're right. Yeah. Wait, so, so keep telling me, though, in terms of, like, the videos and stuff. Yeah. Well, this, so, the, so what I was saying was, like, videos would go crazy viral. So one example was a guy fucked a girl in Uniqlo change room in Beijing, like, right in the center of the city, and just, just like, filmed the whole thing. Who did? A, just some guy. Who filmed it? He was just Themselves? holding. He was oh, like okay. holding the phone up on his in shoulder. Uniqlo sto- store in Beijing. In, yeah, yeah, and it, she, and the girl was like like a model, like super attractive girl. So of course, this has just hit a level of virality that no one had ever experienced in the country before. So somehow they managed to clean that out of the system. But they did. Yeah, but then there's stuff like so you will get like you like random people. You'll just meet like a Chinese guy in the bar. He'll add you to some group. Like if, hold on, like if this was Facebook. Facebook would be like, maybe that survives for a few hours and then it's gone. No, it was out for days. Right. Yeah, it was around. I'm saying Facebook has a system of like getting rid of that shit. Twitter well, is like, nah, you can't put. I don't think the sexual nature of it was the issue. I think it was just with them. It's it, it, suddenly there were there, there were like articles about it. Newspapers are writing like it became a big thing that suddenly they had to respond to. Like it wasn't mean, that like, it was look in. At what's happen- look at the point that's happening in Beijing. Well, no, just just. To, I think they just don't want anything to up shake the balance of things, you know. And suddenly, people were trying to make replica videos, like all this kind of stuff. But what what I was trying to say is that you will, for whatever reason, you will just get added to a group that you don't really know what it's about. It's five hundred people in there, and there's stuff just getting posted, right? And you're on the toilet. You're just like, oh, what's this group? You click on it, and dude, like some of the stuff you can accidentally click on, just like guys getting run over by cars or like, you know, dogs getting their heads blown off. Or I've seen stuff I could never unsee. Wait. And what? yeah, because people will just be in a group of 500 people and they'll just post a, vi- a de- like a, what do you call like a snuff video? Sniff. 
Snuff. 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 Yeah. And and then what? And then you don't you don't know what it is. You're just like, oh, there's a video. I'll just click on that. Like I have I have like PTSD <laughs> from clicking on videos on my phone now. Yeah, I remember just seeing like they have snuff film. What? Just guy. I mean, Dead some of them dogs. are like some of them are like. Like allegedly funny Like there was one where and I'm not saying this is funny But like There was one where There's four guys Walking out of a construction site Right And they're pushing A metal structure That I guess people stand on To paint the side of a house And they just walk it Under an electricity pole And the four of them Just get fried For like three minutes Just like holding on it. They can't let go Like all of them just Dead Yeah But you're like I, I don't know them So I ignore they're dead It's just like How funny They're all getting No I looked it up And like yeah These guys just <laughs> Wow Yeah so you just stuff like that. I don't know why it's not getting censored when they have clearly have the capacity to censor stuff. And I, I've just seen too much of that stuff. Like I, now I just, I won't click on videos if I'm like, pe- here's a question. People will post a video. You know how people say like, oh, is that safe for work? Yeah. People like, people like, is, is this okay to watch? Like, what, what am I looking They'll at? Here? Yeah. Like, what am I looking at here before I click on it? Because it's so fucking dark. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm also not implying... Dude, you see somebody dying, it's like, Oh, man, whoa, I've seen way too many real. of them. Yeah, and I, I'm, I have no inclination for that. Like, if you want to go and see that, I'm sure you can find it online. I'm not looking for it. I'm on the toilet. I accidentally watched, you know, a guy just get blasted by a truck and, like, mushed into a million pieces. Um, and I don't want you to think... like I, I, China's a big place. I'm not saying that the, everything on social media is there like this. I'm just saying that if you're a regular on social media like this and you do go to groups that you're not that familiar with, you can see some stuff. You'll see you stuff. You never will be able to unsee. I remember being on the train. Forget about that. Well, let's get back to this, actually. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that on the side. You murdered a guy on the train? No, but I remember because the state-run media, they have the, the TVs on the train. Mm. And I remember seeing a Uyghur uprising at a Mahjong game. Oof. Uh, of just this mahjong game going on, and these people standing ab- ab- around them, you know, and then one of the guys reaching under his his t shirt and pulling out a hatchet because there's no guns there, and then just fuck it, yeah. And that it was clear until the hatchet was about an inch away from the person's head, and then it went blurry. Oh, this is the news. This is the news. With oh, kids around. Yeah, dude. Some of the news stuff, you're like, <laughs> and it's wow. like they want fucking nine year olds to see this fucking lady getting her head chopped up. I, to say want. They like, don't mind. I think it's just a different. Yeah, that, I think that's a more accurate depiction. Like we have this assumption that we have to prevent kids from mm-hmm. seeing that violence. I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but I don't think there's like a specific like. There, it's not like uh, Clockwork Orange where they're like holding the kids in front of televisions, being like, "You must watch this" kind of thing. It's not that. It's just no, more. Right. It's more just like there hasn't. There's no one I- implementing a standard to prevent kids from seeing stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, there's like this whole counterpoint where they say, uh, you know, PG-13 or whatever you call it in America. Mm-hmm. Like they say, oh, you know, you can't see like graphic death. So they'll so- show someone get shot in a Bond film. I don't show how they get, they die. And they say that's more damaging to kids to give them this mentality that people dying is, is does, has no, there's, there's no bad thing that happens after it, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry. I got to do this. Yeah. I think, I think, uh. I think you're right. When you see like just someone like fall off a building, you don't see the end result of it. You can get like, like that's that, that, that may be more damaging to children. Yeah. There's at least an argument there. Mm-hmm. I would have to see like the studies of it instead of saying like here's what I think. But like, but like I could see how that could be a possibility. I also think there's another aspect of it where we're like we live in this bubble where we like the way that the public is presented, like where life is presented in public, ignores how like 
horrific it is. Life. Like behind corners. You could go to an emergency ward and be like, see some uncensored shit about what people are dealing with, you know? Yeah. Like, like people you know, losing an arm or whatever. Like this stuff is happening. It's like it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, you like can't. You're trying to convince them. your kids that this shit doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. You can create walls around things, but it doesn't mean that things aren't there. But like when you see something happen in in like uh, yeah. So so when something happens, you know when you have like an incident, whether it's like uh, uh, people hacking. There was a, I only heard about the pe- people were h- hacking with uh, machetes at a train station in like Western China. Yeah. Or uh, there was like a guy's truck like blew up in the middle of downtown Shanghai recently. Before the news gets out, the videos on WeChat get out. That's how fast it goes. Really? Yeah. So you'll be on your phone. You'll be like, is that downtown Shanghai? What the fuck? There's like one of the buildings on fire. What's going on? I saw a video with like dead people on the ground. And then the news comes out and the news doesn't match the fucking videos that you just saw. they, They clean it up. Well, they're just like, nobody died. I'm like, I have a video on my phone of someone dead. Really? State-run media deciding what the story should be. I mean, who knows? Maybe they do this in the West. I don't know. Fucking, I have no information about that. I wouldn't that. put about some media. I don't trust them at all. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I don't feel like I was getting an insight into China as much as getting insight as to how stuff works and gets presented after it's happened. Like, how often do you have a chance to see an unbridled, just someone with their phone just honest trying to capture what's going on before the news story comes out and then you can look at the news story and be like that doesn't match what wow. happened wow just be like no I know the facts and that's yeah. not it I'm like I, I can I, I can prove that that you saw true. videos of people like just dead in the street outside of fire just like on the ground I mean wow. I can't prove that they were dead but they did not look alive <laughs> yeah. and there was like no one trying to help them that's the sign that someone's dead if there's no one trying to help you, you're not alive anymore. <laughs> yeah. And there's people there. There's people running around helping the people that need help. Right, right, right. Because oh they have gosh. life in them. Oh, my gosh. What were you saying about the kids that it was created an outrage of, like, what kind of society were you in? That like. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember what you're talking about. So occasionally, like, China is like any developing country any country anywhere is like they will have moments of self-awareness from stuff that's really bad you know so so there's been like a number of incidents where you'll have like a security camera like there was a baby uh was run over a two-year-old was run over by a truck and is just lying there dying and people were stepping over the kid to go to work two-year-old yeah stepping over the kid like 13 people and and eventually it was it was a beggar came and was like, this is a person. You know. Whoa. Yeah. And the beggar helped them. And I, th- I think that one kid might have survived, but there's tons of stories like this and they don't always survive. Um, yeah. And, and they have these moments like, what society are we living in? We're like, yeah. And, and um, not to be like overly, uh, I don't know. It's a hard thing. I don't want to just be shitting on China. But when, when, China, so. when you walk around a busy city where there's like a million people around you, you really shut off what's going around you. You don't I mean, look that's around. New York is. You don't look around. That's how New York is. You're like, yeah. how can you say no to a human who's suffering? You're like, because it's, it's happening e- everywhere. It's easy crazies. to look at someone on a camera and be like, can't they see that dead person right in front of them? It's a lot harder to be like, yeah, you might have just not been looking that way. But the stepping over them, it's like, hey, did you not know that was a, that was a like, there was a you know you're stepping over a body. yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. 
And so what? Everyone's like, "What the fuck are we doing?" Yeah, like, like what? What's what? What? What are our values? They weren't even shitting on those people. They were saying like, "That's us." I mean, they were definitely shitting on the people, but they, but they were honest enough to realize that they weren't like the thirteen baddest people in China. Right. They probably right. Exactly. There That's was people, some level of representation of all of, of them. Out of well, of out of, of the community as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, people after 9-11, they're like, if I was, some people are like, if I was on those planes, I would have done something. Oh, like, no. Would you have, yeah. you'd be braver than the 300 people that were on the plane based on what? Zero possibility. Yeah, what are you talking about? And realistically, they were probably sitting there thinking, this is going to work out. Yeah, exactly. Like, just be quiet. They'll, they, yeah, they never, someone's going to figure no this out. No one hijacked a plane for the purpose of killing everyone on the plane. Everyone's heard of planes getting hijacked. It's for no ransom. No one's heard of planes flying into buildings. Yeah, it's for ransom. Yeah. Not for fucking torpedoes. I've watched enough movies. Exactly. Um, but you know, one that scared me a lot because, uh, this is kind of a longer story. I know I won't do the whole thing, but my wife was, got really sick before we had a, her, our first kid. Yeah. So she was diagnosed with brain tumor when she was like eight Jeez. months pregnant. What? Yeah. And so she's okay. But they had, they were like, we have to get the baby out immediately. And because it was a high risk birth, like I'd paid, dude, I'd paid all this money in medical insurance, really nice hospitals. But they're not allowed to handle it if it's a high-risk birth. So we got shoved into, like, the worst public hospital. It was hell. It was straight to the emergency room. There's, like, fucking 50 people just dying. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, so they put us in, like, this filthy little room. There's mosquitoes. They didn't clean it. I walked into the toilet. It was like someone had taken a jug of blood and just poured it all over the toilet. Like, that's <laughs> what, I don't know what happened, but they hadn't cleaned it up. Anyway, so... In my mind, because and they keep you away from everything. Cause in China, there's another really big problem where if people go to the doctor, right? Like, say you go to, you go to the doctor, your grandpa's sick. The doctor says that your grandpa has cancer. The guy will just punch the doctor. Like, doctors get attacked all the time. It's like a huge <laughs> problem. If you, the doctor's giving bad news, they'll physically attack. The people, what? They can get physically attacked. What? So a lot of the hospitals are structured to keep you away from stuff, you know? Like, the babies are kept in a separate room. Surgery cannot be anywhere near the surgery. It's like locked doors. You can't be in they the, die, then like- do, do they have them in, Imagine you're doing surgery. They're like, oh, you're doing it the wrong way, you know? Fucking just dive in. So, so I had this fear. I'd seen these videos of like, I'd seen a video where there's like a woman pretending to be a nurse. She just walks in the maternity, she just grabs a baby and walks out. And the one, one of the ones I saw just by sheer luck, there's chance the grandma happened to get in the same elevator and recognize the baby. And she's like, oh, where are you going? And she was like, oh, we're going to, you know, to blood tests on level two. She's like, oh, I'll, I'll come with you. And, uh, and the baby was, she wasn't holding the baby. The baby was in one of those like trays on wheels. Yeah. And so the elevator doors open. She just like throws it one way and runs the other way. The, so they got the, the kid, got the kid back. Wow. But that's a real thing. And so in huh. my mind, I was like, man, I just, I don't want to have like, what, what are the chances of whatever chances it is? Someone I didn't want to. just came in to steal a baby. Human trafficking, human trafficking. How did the grandmother know that was her baby? Yeah. Yeah. Well, super lucky circumstance. Yeah. But human trafficking is at a peak in human history. Really? Yeah. There's more slavery now than ever in history. Really? Yeah. Just not in America? Well, I mean, p- probably a factor is that the, the, the general population has increased. So it's probably by head or something like okay. that. But, and, you know. But still, so really? someone listening to this, you got a lot of fans. Someone might be like, 
pull out statistics on this. I I believe strongly that yeah, by by number of people, there's more people in slavery right now. Where are they slaves? I know in like some of those Middle Eastern countries. Everywhere, dude. In America, they fucking catch people in America all the time. Just like having slaves. What yeah. What do they do with them? What do they use them for? Keep them in their house, like working in the house. It's usually sex slavery is the main yeah, thing. Yeah, that one I know of. That's the most, I think, I would assume that's the most common form of it. There was a, a Chinese family got caught. They brought some poor lady from rural China into America in their house in Los Angeles. They were just beating her up and keeping her under their house. Wow. Yeah, no, I feel like I'm shitting on China a little too much today. But that's my area. I mean, that's that's what we're experience. talking about. That's what but that's also about. what I know because I live there. Like you're a fucking white China. I don't have that many stories about what Lithuanians are doing with the people they trap under their house because I don't live there. <laughs> <laughs> that's they ask Kinnison. They're like, "How come you seem to shit on women, but you never shit on men?" And he's like, "Because a man's never made me want to drive into a tree." <laughs> <laughs> that's for yeah. someone else to talk about. Yeah, just pulling out my yeah. Let me talk about my experience. Yeah. Um. Damn, it's just kind of nuts that you can like get away with anything at some level. But, but that's what I mean, But that—that's what I'm saying. Is there's this shiny version of reality that ignores that every that things city are happening. Every city has slavery. has human trafficking in some way. Wow. Every big city, for sure. Wow. I, dude, this, I live in like a rosy. Do you think New York has human traffic for sure? Some. Well, there is a one thousand percent chance, dude. Like the the the, the, the 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 like cleanest, nicest part of Melbourne, like suburb Melbourne. Not that long ago, they were like they just found. <laughs> women on the second floor had been trapped up there and it was like you know an illegal brothel but these women had been like illegally brought there like smuggled in a boat kind of Damn. thing this is what happens to these like poorer countries like the rohingyas and stuff in in myanmar yeah refugees man you never hear about this go and look it up fucking refugees they go out on the road and then suddenly they get to the next country all the kids are gone what do you mean? The people come and steal kids. There's, that's human trafficking for refugees is rampant. Because, they because know there's no records of them. They have, no, no. they have no one to report it. You know, the, the, the people that they're with are desperately just trying to get to safety themselves. So there's a huge issue with like, to, look it up, man. Human traffickers prey on refugee movements in a big way. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So then when you like try to like whitewash this like we live in a great world people don't want to talk about it man there's that that's why that's the whole thing about censoring comedy like i i posted a joke from uh frankie boyle and the joke was uh because we we do like you know on our social media for the comedy club we do like funny jokes quoted to the comedian and all that we're not stealing material but the joke was uh why do pedophiles always have beards and glasses what is it about that look that children find so attractive which is you know it's a solid joke and all these people were like, you shouldn't joke about that. I've been fans of you guys for years. Like, how could you post this stuff? And I was like, well, you know what? Like, no one's ever touched a kid because of a pedophile joke. But kids get touched because no one will talk about it. Like, that what you're doing right now, that, like, stopping the conversation about it, mm-hmm. is the reason it's so rampant. So people don't want to talk about the fact that these, they're like, oh, how are we helping the refugees? Or I don't want the refugees in my country. Let's talk about the refugees that didn't make it because they're stuck in a boat somewhere. Jeez. In a fucking shipping container. Getting taken off to New York to hide in a cellar that no one will ever know about because they don't go into that building. You're saying the comedy cellar has refugees the in it? The comedy cellar is mostly... How do you think they're full every night? They have three <laughs> shows a night. Where do you think they're getting these people from? <laughs> you know how everyone's like, oh, everyone's here as tourists. They're not tourists, dude. 
They're <laughs> <laughs> they're slaves, forced to laugh at Colin Quinn every night. I feel like I'm just gonna like offside myself with the comedy cellar before I've even had a chance to be there. Do you like China? Do you like living there? I do. I mean, I've had a, I've been there for nine years, so like the excitement of it being new is kind of gone. Mm-hmm. And I want to be somewhere new. You do. It's a great... I mean, Shanghai is one of the greatest cities to see, I think. It's an exciting place. How is it to live in? Very convenient. I mean, seeing it was my first, like, real foreign country. It depends what, like, life you're trying to live. Like, now that I'm, like, trying to make my job work and trying to have family, like, I just want food, easy food, and easy to get around. And I got all of that. And, like, as a comic at sure. my level... Like, I've had this conversation with that. If I was in New York... Who knows what kind of comedy I was doing? My friends that have moved there are battling to get into the smallest of shows. Dude, I get to headline in a different country twice a month. I was in. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that that's an opportunity in a new yeah. market where there's not a saturation of comedians I was in Brisbane. Around. That's what it was. And uh, they were talking about this guy who was like a local guy who was like one of the other comics said like to this dude, like you're the best comic in Melbourne, in, uh, in Brisbane. Which is like. Yeah. And it was like, we talked about that too. It was like, yeah, well, what does the best comic in Brisbane mean? <laughs> but so this guy was saying how he's seen studies on like, what's better for you? Big fish, small pond or small fish, small fish big pond? It's a difficult question. Yeah. And, and, the, like, and the jump your, is hard too. Oh, yeah. But absolutely. But on your psyche, on your level of happiness, like, is it better to not be able to say, I'm going to be an international superstar? But have everywhere you go in your city go, wow, so-and-so's here. Jack Johnson, Jack Jimmy's here, you know? But only in your small city. Or is it better to be in some, like, take a chance, massive place in New York where it's like, what's your name? Like, Jack Jimmy. Like, all right, next. You're next, Jack Jimmy. What's better on your overall happiness level? It's it's big fish, small pond. It smashes people's ambition Mm -hmm. in a big way. But at the same time, I think if you're not feeling challenged regularly then that that's too. gonna hurt you there's that too if you want to be challenged like try to be better. if you're not being challenged like like one of the cool things about coming here in montreal is like your like your show last night dude you know big J, sean show. Patton, dylan moran like two other guys i don't remember the names but they were both great mm-hmm. and watching that as a comic i'm, I'm like wow wow there's just i didn't mean to quote sean's bit in that oh, but yeah. but there's just so many people that's out great there doing comics. great JC comedy you feel the pressure one. Like, you, you feel the pressure, like, I need to keep getting better if I want a chance to keep up with right, what it. this industry put, is doing. You put your line against those guys instead of your line Melbourne was people. the same, dude. I remember watching some shows in Melbourne. And sure, there's plenty of bad shows, but there were some shows where I was like, what? there's people doing stuff I hadn't seen Melbourne before. Melbourne has good comics. Yeah. I'm just watching it and like, that guy's doing a whole different thing than I do, and it's really interesting, and he's killing it. Um, if you're in a bubble where you don't have that, pressure or at least you know you're not exposed to it i think that's going to be hugely damaging i remember early on in stand-up i saw i was like two years in and i was talking to some guy who's also two years in. i was visiting home so i was going to this like glorified open mic in northern virginia sometimes open mics in small towns can Dude, be good. It was 60 regular people it was the best show i'd done yeah. in a year and um and we were at the same level maybe two and a half years in about exactly about the same and you were kings in that town, right? No, I was just visiting. All right. He was there. Yeah. And I was so much better than him. Yeah. Because I got to see great comics every night, and he got to see other Northern Virginia comics. Yeah, and, and, and when you're in that bubble, the, the references just get wrapped up in themselves. 
Yeah. You know, you see these guys like Second he, Avenue, you know. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't I don't no one else knows what that is. I mean but everyone there knows what it is. Everyone a lot of people like to shit on like Indian comics, but if you go sure, to, let's do it. If you go to India and watch the good guys in their market, you're like you can see how good they can be. Really? Yeah. But it's when they have all the best weapons taken away from them in Melbourne and suddenly Oh right. Rogan always talked about these great like Boston comics at the time, Steve Sweeney or Kevin Sweeney, whatever his name is, and like all these guys who were killers, and they like never left. And and eventually, I've, it used to be like, wow, it must have been a great time. And now I realize, no, it's not that they never left because they couldn't. They just weren't good enough. Yeah, they had local references way too much, and they didn't get on the road, so they just weren't that good. They were just Boston killers and nowhere else. And being able to move between the different kinds of rooms is really. Yeah, can you do an alt room? No, you can just do mainstream Boston rooms. Well, right. then you're not that good. It's not gonna. You're yeah. just good in that only environment. I mean, I'm sure these guys are way better comics. I mean, it's I like am, it's yeah. like most teams, baseball teams, have like a winning record at home, and then a far, far worse record on the road. But like at home, yeah, you're better. Everyone's better. So fucking get off at home. Let's have a winning record on the road. I also think that like when you. You know, when you go to a place where you're like, okay, I don't know what's going to work here, but I have this one bit that's really safe. You know, I could go back to that. And you go to that bit and like, it's not killing like it should. Yeah. I feel like that. Should be a lesson. When you, when you have your best tools kind of taken off you is a really it was a great chance to, for your instinct to, to kick in and, and make it work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you float, it's like, then you like get to figure out or find. I feel like that makes funny. people way better comics. Yeah. Yeah. So, so living in Shanghai. Yeah. It's great. It's expensive. Yeah. But you can get great food. 24 you know, million people or 20? 20? Yeah, 24, 25. I mean, they say it fluctuates like a million week in, week out <laughs> because there's so many migrant workers coming in and out of the city. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. When I, when I first went there, all the McDonald's were 24 hours. So if you go to a McDonald's at like two in the morning, it's just loaded. Like you can't even see the floor. It's just migrant workers because no one will tell them to leave. So McDonald's stopped being 24 hours to, to get rid of them, to stop them sleeping. They slept there? Yeah. All night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You see some things there. I mean, I remember getting off the plane. I've talked about this, about seeing the guy that, with Turner I got the plane Yeah in Shanghai Well you like see someone Like they've got Really bad injury It was a gang It was gangrenous leg Yeah With Oof. bone Exposed bone And he was like Look away And I was like What the fuck Yeah You can't get that stuff Out of your head But that's just Big city life I mean there's shit Like that in New York I haven't seen really But like Yeah Well you're not Yeah You're, you're also But like, like Big J saw somebody Fucking shitting On his front stoop like a two years ago. Oh. And the cops like, do something. Like, what do you want us to do? And he's like, I don't know. Stop the guy from shitting on my stoop. People, Use the law to stop this guy from shitting on my stoop. People talk about like get, seeing someone jack off on the metro. And then, oh, yeah. Like that's a thing. Yeah, I have a whole bit about it. I don't it. know if there's joke. I, I can tell if people are joking. Like, is oh, no, it happens. That actually happens. It's too many people. People have gone crazy. You see normal looking people talking to themselves walking down the street. No phones, nothing in their ear. Just having, just br- breaking in the in the midst of a, of a two month long process of breaking dude i was on the tr- metro in shanghai looking at my phone mm-hmm. and someone stepped up to talk to me and uh it was it was actually kind of a pretty girl and i just caught me off guard and i was like hey how are you and then she started yelling something at me and i was like oh fuck it's a scam it's a scam and i was like and she dude she grabbed my arm my arm was like losing blood she was grabbing my arm so hard and she's yeah. screaming Everyone in the train is just staring at their phones. Like, no one's going to help me. And I'm like, fuck, what do I do? I, I, I don't know wh- what the scam is here. 
but the scam is coming. You know, so I was like, there are people that work in the metro. We get to the next stop. It's not my stop. I just get off. I pull her off, you know, standing. She's screaming. She's screaming. Oh, and I pulled my phone out and I filmed the whole thing. I'm like, whatever happens here, I'm going to have this on record so I can show people that I didn't do anything wrong. And uh, the, the, the people working there, there's like three of them. They're like, how do you know her? I'm like, I don't know her. Just get her off. Please get her off me. Please get her off me. This goes on for a while. They take her off. I just run away. And I couldn't make out what she was saying in the video. And I showed it to my Chinese friend. And she was saying, I found you, Jesus. What? Yeah. Wow. She's like, you've come here to save us all. Wow. Our savior has arrived. Because you're white? I don't know. She's I'm crazy. not going to be to a Chinese person. Sure, I might like look like Jesus. Wow. Yeah, but clearly like a highly mentally unwell breakdown, whatever you want to call it. That wasn't a scam at all. She was just, she thought I was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> man, I want to go back to Shanghai now. Anytime, man. Yeah. How has it been booking like the, the um, you know, Far East? It's been amazing. Dude, this year we've had Sean Patton's coming. Uh, we had Carl Kinane. Um, you know, we've had so Fecky many. Own. What's that? Fekion. Fekion just came through. Are you he- booking Pakistan? No, I'm not booking, but I know the guys that are doing There's it. There's a room in Pakistan. Dude, was, p- people rave about it. I just it. went hiking in Austria, and we were talking about- like, You should talk to Dwayne Perkins at this festival. He's he done went, it. I saw him tonight, this morning. He's done it. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about like, we're like, just like as we're talking on this hike, like what countries do you want to go? We're like, what countries do you not want to go to? Uh, and I was like, that's a I good don't question. think there's any. Oh, I've- I'm, There's things that aren't like, would be my priority- but I, I was like, I don't think he's like Iran. He goes, no, my friend went to Iran. There's beautiful, beautiful mountains there. But he goes, Pakistan, though. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think I'd want to go to Pakistan, too. And he's like, it's all fucking military people. Not military people. I mean, like, militarized civilians. You have you have armed security. The comics had armed security with them at all times. Wow. And they're like, oh, you're joking. And then they're like, no, no, they have like semi-automatic weapons. And they body armor and they're with you there's that level of danger there i i all i can tell you is that that's what they said they had with him it's it's umar that books the singapore show he's actually pakistani so he's now running this and the shows are apparently wild because they don't have any comedy there mm. so you're like the first time people have seen stand up live for a lot of for a lot of the audience so they go crazy wow just super grateful audiences have you ever done india Mm-mm. oh man indian crowds i was talking to someone about this last night if if you're not getting an applause break every like three minutes, you're bombing. They're the most enthusiastic crowds you've ever seen. Someone's described it like this really simple thing. He said, in the West, crowds fill up from the back of the room. In India, they fill up from the front. They want to go in. They want to be there. They're not going to heckle you. They just want to be there. You know, they. Wow. Yeah. Pakistan, though, that'd be a cool place to go and see. There's got to be the gigs. I, the, I'm doing the gigs. I think early next year, and and people say it's a really good run. Are you doing the gigs so you can see what they are, and so you can tell people like, yeah, I know the guy. I've run this room. This room's okay. I mean, I just want to do gigs. You just want to do and gigs. the, yeah, the exactly. pay is good. For yeah. for me, it's good. What what country was it? Were they was it Malaysia? Where they had other countries show them how to do comedy, and then eventually like drove out that country. Like we got it now. Wait, what? Where it was like, we need you to come do a comedy show. We need you to bring a feature MC and headliner. And then they're like, cool. Actually, now that... Oh, that was scene, India. That was India. Like, okay, we don't need the feature. We don't need the MC anymore because now we can do our own. And they took the comedy club. Right. And they just took it all. It was the guy who built the comedy store in London, opened up the comedy store in Mumbai, which is an exact replica of that club. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful 300-seat uh-huh. comedy club. 
and yeah, they, he was flying in acts like every week, and then eventually they yeah, they replaced the lineup with local people, and then they got rid of the owner. <laughs> like, nah, we don't need you at all. We don't need any. Thanks of for you. developing our scene. Just go. We're good. And and it was people say unequivocally. Like, everyone says the same thing. The the opening of that club and Russell Peters touring started the whole scene there, and it's massive now. I mean, there's so much comedy in India. There's comedy clubs opening up all over the country because there's so many people. Like my buddy Danny Fernandez is doing like 500 seat rooms like endlessly selling out. In India? All across India. Wow, I got to go. And, only- and they're great shows as well. And, you know, here's the other thing. They, they get the references. They watch really? so much American uh. content. YouTube is massive. Uh, they will like John Oliver is like a god over there, you know. Not not for the whole country, but for enough people that are interested in stand up that you can go and sell tickets to a show. Really, He's John ex- Oliver, extremely popular. They love political stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's smart political stuff. They're all they're the people that are coming to the shows are really well educated. Um, do you drive in Shanghai? You you can. People dr- Turner drove had a car in Suzhou. But Shanghai, it's just so easy to get around. Like London or New York. But, but parking like- is so hard that mm-hmm. you wouldn't do it. And then their version of Uber is, is great. So we don't, we don't really have a need for it. But if I wanted to get one, yeah, I could get one. You could drive okay. Yeah. I heard there's a thing where if somebody got hit by a car, you can't help them. Because then... They'll that, not sue you. That's the government saying, well, if you're helping, that means you must have done something wrong. Well, no, it's more that they might con you. They might reconstruct the story to say that this has happened a bunch of times. They say, because you were helping me, it was representative of guilt. Right, exactly. Yeah, that. There there was a story. This woman was like, an old lady was like walking off a bus and uh, this girl like helped her to the end of it. And then she, she was standing back and then the lady like fell off and like, oh no, no, actually, sorry. She wasn't helping her. The lady was just getting off a bus. Yeah. Face planted, like fucking ate it on the curb. Yeah. This girl gets off the bus. is like, oh my God, you're hurt. I'll take you to the hospital. Takes her to the hospital. She gets charged. They're like, why would you bring her to the hospital? You must've done this to her. Old ladies. They yeah, can't she, see it. Like the old lady, she did it to me. You know, the old lady's like, she did this to me. She needs to pay me money. And then- like at the last minute in this like long trial, they got footage from like the bus stop and the girl was like nowhere near it. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't even like remotely close to it. Yeah. And so then did they do anything to the old lady? Like case dismissed. Yeah. Just dismiss the case. Yeah. I was, may as well try it. Yeah. Good, good, good try old lady. Good try old gal. <laughs> <laughs> what else, what else have you seen in China that you were like, sort of like, well, your China, your Mandarin is great now, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I do stand up in Mandarin. Oh, wow. What else have you seen there that's like kind of like sort of unbelievable if you take a step back and come to it from a Western Melbourneian uh, way where you're like, you guys uh, I mean, I had one thing, this. one episode where I was walking along like a narrow footpath, like pretty central in the city, and uh, a guy on a scooter just like did this kind of do- like hard dog leg. So he was suddenly on the footpath at like full street speed and he just smashed into me. And it hit me so hard. I was like bang on the ground and I stood up and I was just, I was just in English. I was like, I was like, fuck, like what the fuck did you just do? And the guy spat at me and he just like starts, he starts yelling at me and a cop pulls up and I was like, oh, finally, 
I finally, my Chinese is at a level. I'm going to win one mm-hmm. for the foreigners. So finally, we get a, we're going to have a win under our belts here. <laughs> you know, and I, the cop comes over and I was like, excuse me, sir. In Chinese. In like, yeah. I was like, what's happened here? And the guy's, up, 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 up. and he turns to the other guy and goes, how much do you want him to pay you? What? Yeah. He, was, he just he didn't even care. Didn't, didn't even ask what happened. It was like, I have to pay him money or I'm going to get arrested. What? Yeah. And I was just like, is this, it was one of those moments, like, is this really happening? Like, is this, like, people say stuff like this happens. Is this really happening right now? And uh, I, did, I just ran away. I, I ran away. I, this sounds like just a story. I ran away. I ran into some bushes and I was squatting in the bushes to hide. And I looked down and I was standing in human shit. <laughs> All over my shoes. <laughs> And I was like, like, what is, it was like I got chinered. <laughs> Man, people shit so much there. And it was just like. People shit on the street and piss on the street. It's an unbelievable I, I, level. To be fair, in Shanghai, it's not, you won't see it as much as as you used to, for sure. But like, yeah, I'm mean, people just pay. People, people will pay, you know, people just be like, just dick out. Like, not even like facing the tree, you know. Just like. Piss. You just be like, yeah, you're like, oh, because paying on the sh- side of the street. I have a theory that they're, there's they're always pushy and put, like into your personal space and stuff because there's so many people that they just don't have a concept of of a bubble. So I think not, not, no, I think that's that right. no, no, I I think that's absolutely right. I think that the concept of personal space does not work when there's that many people. It becomes a complete inefficiency. Yeah, it, the idea that you need personal space is kind of a, a it's nice to have it, but you don't really need it, you know? And at the point where it's like, oh, no, you go first. Oh, let's be polite. No, you go first. It's like, no, fuck this one million people go, going go. through this Everyone metro. Just, go. just get through. Just put your head down. Don't. But here's the difference, right? In the West, we will give you personal space, but if you violate our personal space, we will lose our shit. If you cut in front of me on the road, I am going to stop at the lights and smash Spit. in your windows. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense also. Whereas in China, it's like, you know, someone will like cut you off. You'll nearly crash and they'll be like, oh, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) They wouldn't even even react, which which I think is also a positive thing. I think that makes a lot of sense. That, 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 how does, how do large groups of people manage themselves and being like, all right, everyone gets a meter around them. No, that doesn't make. (laughs) It really doesn't. It's like, we don't have enough room to do that. Physically, that that isn't going to work. Yeah. So I think there is a logic to it as well. It's a crazy place. Yeah, I mean, that's what's exciting about it. It's, I mean, it's normal but crazy. And then the downtown area where I stayed in in Shanghai, that yeah. hotel, where it's like could be Melbourne, could be New, could be like a, a, a downtown yeah, Kansas that, City. That's like a bubble of like international shops and yeah, stuff like that. But then that. you walk six minutes yeah. and you're in China. Yeah, or even like, even just like, like in between there and the embassy. If you just go like, like down an alleyway, yeah, suddenly yeah. you're like, oh whoa, I'm you not. You see a guy sweeping with a broom that's been handed down to him. Yeah, you know, for, for, he's, with he's, just pop, it's a fifteenth generation broom. Yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> leaves as as the things, and not like you're like, what the fuck is this? People get it in their head that they're like, oh, I saw some white people at my hotel. This place is really international. It's like, no, it's just there. Just right there. Yeah. There's 25 million people in this city. This is not what the rest of the city looks like. It's cool because you do have 25 million people, but then you have how many expats? 50,000? 
Well, there's there's more, but most of them are Korean and Japanese. Okay, with the whites, the English speaking expats. The, the, yeah, the, I don't know the what the Germans number is. It's, it's got to be something like that. Yeah. yeah. So then the city really became the way I saw it. Tell me if I'm wrong, but the city is now fifty thousand strong. Inside this two twenty five million person. Wow. I mean, I think the Chinese people would think that they're the city. No, absolutely, and they are. <laughs> but in terms of the expat life, it's like that's all they have to communicate with and like join yeah. in with. So like their well, the city s- is a small city. And the sad thing is – you're absolutely right. It is a small city hidden inside a big city. And this, the thing is that people don't – you don't really ever cross over. You're yeah. always the ex. You're always in the expat world. doesn't yeah. matter how much good your Chinese gets. doesn't matter how many – Chinese women you marry or how many kids, Chinese, half Chinese kids you have. You're never out of that. You're, that's your world. And yeah, it's tiny. Like if I walk around the French concession, 100% chance I'll see someone I know. Because that's all. The, and in a gigantic city like In that. a city of 25 million people, there is a 100%. French concession, that's the area? That's, yeah, that's like the, the that's like foreigner central. Mm-hmm. And it was built by foreigners. Yeah. They're all old French buildings from like when the French ruled that part. Yeah. About that part. Yeah, yeah. The whole city, the Shanghai developed because of the foreigners. Really? Yeah. It was like, what's, well, you know, the opium wars, Mm -hmm. like the British basically just had the whole country by the throat and was like, you're giving us Hong Kong and five ports. And Shanghai was one of the ports. And so the foreigners could trade for free there. So they had all these super rich foreigners. It was Jews that built the bunt. Baghdadi Jews. Really? And like they were like opium dealers as well as being like property magnates and stuff. All Jews those fuck. All those beautiful buildings on the bun were built by like mostly by the Jews. Hell yes. Yeah. You're welcome. They, were, <laughs> they couldn't hold on to it. Um, yeah. Wait, what was I just going to say? You know what I thought was cool too? How when I got there, I'm like, let's try like authentic Chinese food. That's all I wanted. We all just want pizza. Pizza and burgers. <laughs> and then it made me understand how the Chinese... Because I get it. After a while, I'm sure when you moved there, you were like, you just have same enough. thing. Chinese food, Chinese food. And then you're like, yeah, it's not... I, I've gotten it. Well, it, to be fair, it is very diverse. There's not like one... When you're in China, there are lots of different types of Chinese food. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after nine years, I'm like, I'd love a burger. It would mm-hmm. be great. And then all the people I went with are like, yeah, we're going out to this pizza shop. We're going out to this burger place. Yeah. Oh, this place has good Mexican. And and it was like, now I understood the Chinese people in Chinatown filling up those Chinese places. Like, don't you want... They're like, I'm sure they got burgers when they came. Yeah. And then they're like, back to what For we know. For a year. Back to like, what we know. They're like, oh, my digestive system can't handle this. I need some chicken feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where there's no eyeballs in the soup. It sucks. <laughs> How, have, you, have you seen stuff that's just like, ugh? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And people like... Chinese people, especially if you're in like the South, they love to give you the stuff that you... They know you won't want to eat. Really? Yeah. Or if you're in like, you know, in the West, like the, 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 the Muslims in the West, they will, they will cook a lamb and have it sitting like the Sphinx and they'll bring it out like just this. A whole lamb? A whole lamb. Like the head, wow. everything's still there, eyes, teeth, you know, and they'll wheel it out. Like it's, a, it's like a banquet thing to do. Uh-huh. It's a wedding thing in Muslims. Yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a wedding thing, but maybe. It can be. Special occasion can thing yeah. for sure. No, it's Indonesia, which is Muslim. Okay. I've had like pigeons, like just at looking like a pigeon. I saw a couple of chefs grab a cat off the street and fucking drag it into a kitchen. No way! And that cat knew what was happening. Get off me! Get off me! Oh, I've never seen a cat go so crazy as that cat. That guy was like level, level because they don't like 50. pet it and like, oh, hold it up by. Like. No, they had it by the fucking back of its neck. And he was going nuts. 
oh, just like swinging, like 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 Matrix style, just trying to get a claw on him. So he could like get yeah. loose in the hand. I don't think that was the first cat they grabbed. They they knew what they were doing. Yeah, I would have got the right. They knew oh. they they had it. They had just had it in a way that it just could not. Have you eaten dog and cat? I've eaten dog. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah. Is it white or not meat? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was a reddish meat, but I don't uh-huh. really remember. I was like for ages. I was like, no one eats dog here, and then I realized that the restaurant across the street had it, like written on the front of it. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I guess so. Well. I, just did, I just didn't know the Chinese. I remember you guys ca- telling me like it's more Korea, dude. I didn't know the Chinese characters. Right. Oh, like yeah. I learned them, and I was like, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what I that says. In the special every day. Yeah, but it's not like the the, the the developed parts don't eat it. But there are like there's there's this whole Yulin dog fe- dog eating festival. But the fucked up thing about like in Korea is they 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 think the dog meat is better if they beat the dog. I've heard that. Like the, when it has fear, like when adrenaline. It, the adrenaline and the when it, the meat sort of tightens up a little bit when they're f- just facing fear when they die. So the way that they kill them is like particularly barbaric. They beat on for like an hour and then kill them. It's the yeah. opposite of venison. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, venison, yeah. you want to get a clean shot because it releases the adrenaline. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. That and I, I oh, so gross. The videos are dude be- again. The videos of what beating dogs. Yeah, just just you know, just as they're taking them off. Oh. But they're kept like if you look at like how a pig is kept. You sure. know. You're like, okay, keep a dog like that. You're suddenly like, ooh, that doesn't look good at all. True. We do put this like lassie mentality on really what is just amounts to meat. I don't think – I mean, honestly, I'm like drawing a distinction between eating one animal and another just doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's just the dogs, even the stray dogs through Asia can, can show you love if you like – Pet them a little. Ugh, you petted stray no, dogs? No, I, my friends have, but they have like, oh, they're all man. like – Dude, like those things are like skin, skin conditions. Yeah. They're like alopecia or yeah. something. Well, they'll pick up like a puppy. And they're like, oh, it's my puppy. And you're like, ew, fleas are crawling on me. And you're like, yeah, man, that's a mongrel. Bro, yeah. Ugh. Like I wouldn't fish. eat that thing, not because I think it looks like a sympathetic animal, but because it's disgusting. But they know how to follow you and show you like the, oh, I like you. Uh, I have a wildly different experience with it. i just so grossed out by those dogs. Did you do Myanmar? Myanmar is like dogs everywhere everywhere yeah and you just yeah I was there for a month oh oh yeah you did the whole did you go to Bagan mm-hmm. how good is Bagan it's so it's like That's an like, unbelievable level and of un, like, like untouched to a pretty good level as well I mm-hmm. think yeah the only reason that that whole Bagan the whole temple area is not a UNESCO World Heritage Site is because they haven't done the upkeep yeah and I was there post earthquake oh really so they were really I went up to one of the roofs, and then I was coming down, and bricks were just falling yeah. off these two thousand year old buildings. Like, what the fuck? Why isn't this roped off? Yeah, yep. And uh, I think also they're not diving in there because of the whole genocide thing. That's just come out lately, though. It's been a problem for a while. It's been a problem for a while, but it's come out lately. Yeah, but it's escalated. Oh yeah, they're like they're like fire burning their villages these days. So. It's really a problem. But yeah, man, Bagan was gorgeous. Turner was like, that's the only thing I heard of, uh, Bagan. And then like the, what are the stacks in like outside? Um, Siem Reap? No, no, no. Northern Vietnam. Oh, I've never been up there. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I've seen photos in the, in of the it. In the water, like those big high like, the, like the, islands. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like something bay. 
So it's, it's, it's a famous bay. Yeah. With yeah. the islands in. Uh huh. If I see it, I'll know it. I just can't yeah. remember the name. So those of it. are the two places I had heard of, and I was like, I guess I'll check out one. But Turner was like, it's the only place he ever saw where the picture was as good as is the, like life. Like I felt you, like Sam Reap was like that. I thought Sam Reap was better. Yeah, and you know what? Not even like Angkor Wat, but like the other Angkors. Sure, just that whole, just Tom you go, Fromm just going and like, exploring just and like exploring. The, the 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 fucking Tomb Raider one with the tree growing everywhere, uh-huh. all over. out of the thing and through the. Oh my! I god. I felt like that was the one time where I was like, "Wow, this is vastly exceeding my expectations." It gets more press than Bagan. Sam well, Reap the good and, thing about Bagan, this thing that fucking sucks about Sam Reap is there's just so many people. Just the crowds of people. Well, the downtown Sam Reap is such a fucking carnival, American yeah. carnival. That it's like, but Ugh. dude, when we were in Bagan, I don't know what it was like when you were there, but we just got scooters and we just went and found temples. Yeah. With no one around. It's the e-bikes because they can't rent you motorized vehicles because the army won't let them. Really? Outsiders, yeah. Didn't know that. So their loophole is an electronic bike. So it was great. And you just go. Dude, I just... didn't even know they had tours to the big temples until day three. And then I got one. They're like, hey, where's your pass? I'm like, pass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the big temples weren't even that much better than the ones that you would find. But when you find one and you go in, and the, I um, didn't know you're supposed to take your shoes off for the first half day. <laughs> until I saw somebody. I'm like, why is your shoes on? I'm like, what do you mean? Temple. I'm like, oh, yeah. Put your uh, shoes on, you my... fucking. Yeah. But you go in there and then you're like, wow, you're looking around at this fucking ancient Buddha statue, like a thousand years old. And yeah. you're like, wow. And then you look in the corner, you're like, Oh, there's like an opening. And you look in the, just in one corner, a tiny open, like Jesus height level. And you go and you crouch down, you go in, and it's like, and there's a secret stairwell. Yeah. And you're like, can I go in this? And you go up, and there's another floor that's all enclosed. And you go in there, and in the opposite corner of that stairwell is another opening and a stairwell. So now that you're on the top, now you're outside on top of this ancient thing, looking over a field of ancient temples. And it's beautiful, yeah. It's almost not real. It's, it's a not gr- real. It's a green, and then they're just like, yeah, from out of the from out of the trees come statues, yeah. uh, come temples, and it's like what the fuck. I it's feel a, that place is wildly underrated. Under, I mean, anyone who's been there doesn't underrate it. Yeah, it's just sure. underknown. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. No one's like, Meh. well, you know, when 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 uh, I don't know what happened, but like, you know, Chile was living there, right? Yeah, and he said, I think when he just got there or something happened, where it suddenly was like open now for foreigners to go. Oh. Pri- so not that long ago, you couldn't go to Bagan. Yeah, I'm gonna have to ask him specifically what he was referring to, but mm-hmm. I, he, I, I, my understanding was just like tourism in Myanmar was not a thing. Right, right. It just started in recent history. Yeah, so they, they, they don't know how to price hostels yet. They have no like if you get two people to a room, it's far cheaper than getting a dorm. They're being in a dorm. They yeah. don't. They haven't done the math yet, right? Yeah, that's interesting. So they're a little more expensive than some of the other countries, but like. But and they don't really have hostels. They're just not aware that people are coming. But it's man, it's glorious. I also thought that like I could never see another temple again and give a fuck about it. But like the, the like the you know the not where that isn't like an interesting place, but like just the temple is in a town or something. Mm-hmm. But the one in Yangon I thought was insane. You know the gold one, gold temple. She's like so it's, the it's, golden pagoda it's like a spectacle yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you, and you, you see go it up from the anywhere. hill there's, there's rooftop bars just which is cool there's a lot of rooftop bars in Yangon you can see it from anywhere and it's all the center of town and it's so overwhelming when you're there because it just like it's occupies hot. all the, your the, vision the, the sight the, I mean the light comes in hits off that gold and it just hits you in every direction it's so bright I thought that was like wh- that was the first temple I saw and really? So, oh yeah. man no, that was like the tail end yeah. of my temple I mean temple you took career. me to a couple like the monkey temple and stuff yeah 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 but like but like Oh no! Was that in Hong Kong? We went to the Jing'an Temple, I think. In in uh, up the steps. No, that maybe you're talking about Hong Kong. Kong. Yeah, 
Anyway, I saw a few there, but then it had been a few years. The first one on this last trip two yeah. years ago. So I went to that, and it was like amazing. And then the next temple I went to was Bagan. And then a, a little Dude, bit. Dude, you, you started too high. Every other I know. temple is like but shit. Then, but, then, right, but then I went to Thailand. I was in Chiang Mai. They're like, let's go to the temple. And you walked in, and you're like, meh. Yeah. And then oh. you go to Angkor Wat, was my next one. And I'm like, wow, again. And yeah. then you're like, guys, I'm done. That's I've like seen level the 10. best ones. You have. No, you absolutely have. But I'm glad I saw that Golden Pagoda before, so before Bagan and, and the Angkors. Yeah, I've seen there so many temples now where I'm just like, oh. it's like churches when you're that's in what, Europe. That's what Sarah used to say. I'm templed out. Did you go to churches in Eastern Europe and at some point you're like, okay, yeah, I've seen yeah, what are they all every saying? combination. Stained glass? Wow, I know. Yeah, yeah. founded in whatever crazy. year. We would put marks on our maps.me, on maps.me. So you go to a temple, like this would be, a good, you see, look around, you're like, they have a good upstairs where you can get outside, not on the first floor, some of them are just one floor, two floors, and you can get on top. And you're like, mm-hmm, there's a bunch of ones. I'm like, this would be a good place to watch sunrise. And you go there. That's the thing. In the pitch black. Oh, yeah, we did. There's we, no moon. Fuck, dude. We got up 4 a.m. Yeah, 4 a.m. Overcast. Oh. Couldn't see anything. Oh. It was brutal. We didn't we, have any of those. There was zero rain the entire month. I was nah, there. dude, we got crushed. It was, wasn't raining, but you couldn't see the sun. Oh. Just gray skies. And the sunset was the same. I went. I was there for four days. Nah, we had, we, had one, we had one night. So it was like missed both. Oh. Yeah. But you find a place and you're like, you mark it. You're like, I'm coming back here for sunrise. Smart move, yeah. And it's blackness. And then, you know, like before sunrise, it starts to get a little dim, you know, before the sun even comes up. Yeah. Start, and all of a sudden you're like black, black. And you're like, suddenly it's revealed this like sea of temples. And yeah. then the sun comes up. And so you see the sunrise on top of that. And you're like, and it's freezing. And then all of a sudden, by the time the sun is up, you're like, it's wow. super and the nice. And go overhead. And, and you're like, boiling. wow. And you're like, I'm super hot now. Yeah. yeah I got to get the fuck back in. <laughs> Did you do the the hot air balloon? No. I would have done that. My my friend from Denmark did it. People were saying like it was just like any other hot air balloon. I've never been in one, but they're yeah. like, it's just a way more expensive one than you can get other places. Like 500 bucks or something. Yeah. Where it's like the picture though of the hot air balloons going over the temples is actually pretty fucking cool too. Do you know I was in, when we were in Sydney, me and Will Vince were going to do the, 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 the bridge walk. Oh, I did it. Yeah, you had the story about yeah. it. But dude, it is so expensive. It was like $700 or something. Oh, mine was like 200 Oh, no, it's gone up for since then. Whatever yeah, it was, it was, like it was not like, quite worth it. I took the money I was using for Rogan and I put it on that, but I was like, it's not It's not worth it. It's a beautiful view. Will and I were just Mountains. like, we just looked at the price. We're like, man, how? It seems like it should be free or 10 bucks. I mean, I would have paid, paid $200 for it. Not worth it. But uh, yeah, anyway. And no bathrooms. Um, but uh, Bagan was one of my favorites, man. It was one of my favorites. I enjoyed that a lot. But I, I just feel like the problem when you've done a lot of different places in Asia is that you do get to a point where it's like, okay, what doesn't look like the stuff I've already seen? Yeah, doesn't it get to a point? Don't you get to a point where you eventually like you're not amazed anymore? Oh, totally. And I don't ever want to make the effort. I actually, I did a bunch of gigs in Cambodia mm-hmm. and I was, I, you know, it was one of those situations where I'm, there's lo- local people on each of the shows, but I'm kind of moving around, you know, by myself. So if I want to do something touristy, I'm by myself. Right. And I went out, I rented a motorbike in Camp Pot. And Camp Pot, I fa- that's a, they got a gig there, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Childress was there. Chili was there. Yeah, it did that. It was great. It was, the gig was good. But, you know, like, I, I got exhausted finding this temple. It sucked. 
I got sunburnt. I got lost. And, you know, it was just by the end of the day, I was like, man, I would be so much happier staying in my hotel room. Yeah, but like, when you think about it, like I live in New York. Which and is it was disgusting. City. Oh, man. The fucking beaches they said were nice. Were, I was like, what? What? What is it? What, what is the positive aspect to this place? Sure, being. Korong was the best. Where's that? In Cambodia. Sarah and, um, and right what's his name? That, that uh, Andrew. Oh, Andrew, Andrew Grant? You know, Andrew. Newman and Sarah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I guess, hooked up with so-and-so for a while. Uh, the Hong Kong scene. Don't worry about it. I'm trying to think of you there. Sam. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sam. Uh, oh, yeah, Morehouse. yeah. Sam Morehouse. Yeah, but she, she was like, this can't, this Korong, it's off, it's near Kampot. Oh, yeah, man, I wish you'd told me island. where it was. Yeah, no, I didn't go there. Oh, God, I've gone around the side. It's like, there's no one there. And so it's like, oh, this is what a beach is supposed to be. Empty. But dude, Thailand has that still. Some of them. Um, do you know when we were in Copenhagen mm-hmm. and there's this beach where you you can only access it by a boat? Oh yeah, from Copenhagen. Oh, yeah, you go out dude, there. that was the best. You went to that? Yeah, yeah. And then you just you, you put your bag. You jump. You have to jump in the water off the boat, mm-hmm. like knee deep. Carry your bag above your head. You're like, ah, oh, I want to stay in this hut. They're like, great. Just, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so I was there. And the girls that I, I was with, they're like, we're going to get some drugs. And I'm like, oh, I know. It seems like I don't have a lot of resources out here. And <laughs> there was a guy working the bar named Pooh. Uh-huh. His name was Pooh, which is not a good start. And uh, he has these things. They're like red pills. I'm like, I'm like, what are they? He couldn't tell us what they were. And these girls are like, well, I don't care. I'll do it. You know. So they lit it on fire. Like put it on a piece of foil what? and smoked it. And we all smoked a little bit of it, and we were like, um, we were like, oh, that was kind of nice, yeah. We need way more of that immediately. <laughs> like, it should have been a sign. I think it was like meth or something. Was I it don't like know. heroin? I think it was meth-ish. And you're like, I want it all. <laughs> exactly. So, Pooh was like, oh, I, I can't get more. I don't go outside at night because I'm afraid of zombies. And I had to convince Pooh that I am a certified fucking zombie killer. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, dude, look at this move I've got. This will take a head off. Their necks are not strong, you know. So Pooh walks me up. St- we're in the wilderness at night. In like, there's no electricity around, and this we just go straight up a mountain. Pooh is just flying up this mountain, um, and I'm 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 barely trying to hold on. And we find the filthiest fucking hut you've ever seen. There's a guy in just like rags crouching in the corner, <laughs> surrounded by stray dogs, and he's just like gives him a little bit of foil. And we go back down and had more of it, and whew, no one slept for like three days after. What that. <laughs> <laughs> drugs in Asia? Yeah, oh, they're so fun. You just never know. Yeah, and then you can always bottom line it. Just go to a pharmacy. Yeah. And buy whatever. It was fun though. We did have fun. It really is great out there. But there is that thing eventually where you're like, and I've gotten this in New York where it's like, there's museums I could go to. If I was visiting New York, I'd be like, we got to go do something today. If you're in the tourist mode. Right. But the reality is if you're living there, live, doing New York is, let's go to a nice restaurant. Let's go to a new pizza place. But that's why we take you for burgers in Shanghai. Right. So like, let me show you what life is like here. For instead us, of like, instead of like the thing you're supposed to see, which is the only interesting after three days of being there anyway. Like, who wants to do more than three days of just touristy stuff? Yeah, I think through Asia too, or anywhere. Eventually, you're like, I should get a job for like a couple of weeks. 
and just like see what life is like somewhere working a hostel. Do you know what? That's why I moved to China, man. Why? I traveled to get used to it. Well, I had I just had it in my mind that opening a bank account somewhere mm-hmm. is like that's when you'll know that's another layer to experience the place. I traveled a lot, but it was backpacking. Right. I'd, I'd, I'd seen every church, every fucking bar. You get drunk with a bunch of people who are probably not even from that no, place. No, definitely not from there. You know, you, you drink in places that no one from there would ever go to, and you see just this this just very surface le- level. And I was like, imagine going to China and trying to open a bank account in Chinese. I was like, I need to experience that. And that was kind of what moved me into it. It was totally right. You know, you know, you know more than anybody now. What's it like in Shanghai? Way more. What's it like than in China? most Chinese people? Yeah, because they haven't lived in that city. Yeah, so like that's what it is. When people say like, "What's it like?" When they ask me like, "What's it like in Yangon?" I'm like, "I mean, I can tell you where a couple things are." Yeah, but I, I think more but that's than not what it's like. But there. I think more than being a resource for explaining to other people what a place is like, it's also like your own experience. Like, like are you sure the first time you travel and get blasted in a different country, you're like, wow, this is amazing. But after a while, you're like, okay, this is the same as getting drunk at home. Yeah. What's the what's what's the what's another experience that I can have? You know, it's like as a comic, you need that challenge to make you grow. Yeah, like, We're talking can, about it. Can I teach a soccer team? Can I be a coach yeah. of a soccer team in Indonesia? Get lost. That'd be fun. Like actually be lost. Right. Like, like to, to a point where you're like, I think I'm not safe. And that whole journey of getting back to safety is going to be a, a way more important experience to you than being in that same bar that's like the other bars that you've been to. Yeah. Or like, you know, I got fired. Or I've been in, ch- in China. Ever fired from jobs? Yeah, uh, horribly. I, I I've got a story I'm talking about on stage at the moment where. Um, yeah, my, you wouldn't know what like workers' comp is in a place. You have no rights. You have no rights. But you find that out by being there. You don't find that out by getting drunk at a tourist bar. Employers will be like, "Oh, your visa needs renewing. We're going to lower your salary. What are you going to do about it?" That happens all the time. Wow. I, ha- I was on a metro one time, and they just put in like the bag scanning devices. I had a Chinese girlfriend at the time. And uh, people weren't scanning their bags, but they would single out the white people like, you scan your bag. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And a, and a civilian starts yelling at me being like, you know, you, you, you're a guest in this country. You don't break the laws. And like, all these people got behind him. Like, they, they were all ye- yelling at my girlfriend, calling her a, a traitor. Wow, yeah, really? Saying she's just no morals, you know. Because she took that white D? Yeah. They said she's just uh, sleeping with a white guy to get a passport and I was like you can never talk to a woman like that but on the other hand I was like wow that is accurate they really nailed you there (laughs) (laughs) you guys are being very accurate right now I'm not going to say you're wrong but you shouldn't say that (laughs) your tone is off (laughs) just don't point (laughs) (laughs) in my country do the point that's all you can say just to shake your hand while you're saying that yeah dude so this is a true story I didn't touch the guy but I just knocked his glasses off his head and said, fuck you. And we left. Dude, they found a cop. This guy got blood from somewhere. Like he scratched a scab or something, put it on his face. But it didn't look like he'd bled. He had like finger... Like he looked like he'd put on war paint or something. You know? They fucking arrested me. I got arrested for assault. Really? Yeah, I got locked up. And... Uh, what's, what's Chinese prison like? Well, I know a few people have been, but I didn't get to that stage. I, so I do talk about this on stage. So I'm, I'm Chinese jail. But I, what happened was, I was in there for three and a half hours. I tried to bribe him. 
I said to my girlfriend, I was like, can we give him some cash? Which he understood, and he flipped out. He said no. He's yelling, threatening to send me to prison. She's yelling. And out of nowhere, he's just like, she says, he says that you can get out of here if you say sorry. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. And like, yeah. They march me into the next room. I say sorry to the guy. They just fucking let me go. What? Yeah, I was like, is Chinese prison just full of people that can't apologize? (laughs) (laughs) It's just trying to deal with like immature people like, shake his hand. I just didn't get it, yeah. And the crazy thing is that I told this story and a guy in the crowd, he had exactly the same experience. It was a little different. He wasn't with a girl. The guy that cut himself was trying to grab him and like his finger was bleeding from being on his bag. But same shit, dude. Kept him in there, forced him to apologize. Let him go. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah, it was weird, and and it was it was scary. It was legitimately three hours of me being like, "Am I am I gonna get lo- like am I gonna get locked up here? Like, am I falsely imprisoned?" You also have to think like foreign prison. Oh, that's the the stories of these things are not great. I I do you, one like comic finding a cockroach and eating it for any sort of protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one comic got went went to prison over there. Black guy in Beijing, right? Shanghai. That was Shanghai? Yeah. The black guy who purse snatched? He snatched a perch, purse and then uh, got, got put in the clink. They didn't have a lot of trouble finding. <laughs> that was the greatest <laughs> thing. Like, dude, you're the easiest. They uh, rounded up all 12. And like, which like, one of these was the black? <laughs> they were like, can you describe him black? Okay, we don't need any other information. <laughs> like, black, like, like wow, within, you really narrowed within it down Within 20 us. minutes, yeah. Oh. You could have just said the name. You didn't have to say he was playing. He just got out, right? Did he do like six months? No, he eight months. This was, this was years ago. Yeah. Eight months. What did you say he was like different when he got out? He was well, so what happened was his his he his wife had to leave and so she came to my house and left all this stuff for him. Said, I don't know if he's ever gonna get out, but if he does, he's gonna need some stuff. Here's some stuff for him. So we were just like keeping it out of laundry. And then uh one day she called me. She's like, I think he might be getting out. I don't know. They called me. They said, maybe he's coming up to trial. He came up to trial. And what had happened was they gave him a sentence that matched the time he'd already spent. He had never been sentenced. Wow. For right? Eight months. Yeah. It's eight months with no, like no charge. And, uh, he, uh, I was at the, I was going to a meeting and I was at my Metro and he was just there. And I was like, I was like, Whoa. What, and he was like, because he used to be really upbeat and like peppy and all like this, but he was just like speaking real slow. He was like, hey, man, what's up? And I was like, hi. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I took him back and uh, yeah, I think they gave him like, they just, that's the other thing is like, they don't like, they're like, okay, your prison sentence is over. Let's deliver you back to your family. They just like opened the door at the back of the prison. They're like, there you go. No money, no wallet. Just like, where am I? They're just like, you're you're in some part of Shanghai you've never seen from the outside of the walls before. Um, And I was the only person whose house he knew where it was other than his own, which no one was living there anymore. Damn. Because they don't, here's the other thing is they don't get a call. You know, in in U.S. prison, you get the call. Yeah. Dude, think about this. You're just stuck. If you can't make that call... How do people know what's happened? They don't know. That's the thing. Is you just have one of your family members is gone. And then if you're lucky, you know, you can get lawyers to call someone and be like, can you find out where they are? And then after a while, they're like, okay, we found him. He's, he's in prison. Wow. 
There's not like a computer system. There's nothing. There's no, there's no, to my knowledge, I don't know if it's different for local people, but I've heard of a few instances where they don't know, they don't, they, 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 they're just like a family member is missing and we don't know where they've gone. Jeez. Yeah. Because generally when people are handbag stealers, they don't announce it to their family. <laughs> they just come home with it. Yeah, like when you come with a Canada. Another Gucci bag? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Are you really enjoying this, huh? It's a knockoff. Uh, but when they come into Canada, they like you say like I'm here just to visit. And they they turn the screen around like so. This comedy show is not your comedy. Are you show. serious? Yeah, they Google you right there. No, no, they can. And uh, but in China, it's just paper. So it's like uh, stamp you should, go. Uh, you're kidding? No, I've had that happen before. <laughs> this one time I was entering, no, it's never- and I was used to entering before when it was like, hey, you got to keep this fucking quiet. What you're doing? Tell me you're visiting a friend. Have a friend in mind that you're going to visit. And then when I started opening for Rogan, it was like paperwork was done. Anyway, I was coming in and I was like, why are you here? I'm like, I'm just here to visit a friend. Like, what's your friend? And I was like, uh, her name is Susie. Just a girl I knew in college. Just said, it's like, where do you know her from? I'm like, I know her from college. Uh, where does she live? She lives, you know, in Vancouver. Where? I'm like, not sure exactly. She's going to pick me up. I'm going to um, go wait with her, her out house. there. Yeah. Um, like, are you going out? Like, no, no, we're just friends. We're just going to like hang out. We might go fishing. Just making up stuff. I'm a very good liar. And uh, he's like, okay, so you're not here for shows? And I was like, no, weird, no. It's like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, I am a comedian, but no, I'm not. I was like, okay. And so this, he turns it around. It's like, this show, it says Joe Rogan featuring Ari Shafir. That's your name. That's not your show? And I was like, um, <laughs> well, you seem to got me. He but goes, like, why are they but here's what he did. He goes, dude, the paperwork's already done. Did he really? Because you don't, you didn't have to lie, dude. That's great. You're legal. But you didn't get into trouble for lying, did you? No, be, no, because that's just lying. But he goes, "There's no reason for you. Like you're allowed to work." That's I was like, oh, I didn't know, dude. That's like, ludicrous. What an asshole. I know, but the fact that they can Google you and then you go to China and it's just like, nah. What's your stamp? Stamp go. There's just papers. If you have the wrong thing, they're just like, you need to tick all of the boxes to get this. Yeah. Although they now have the transit visa and it's a weird thing because like I know all these people that couldn't get a visa. Like basically if you're from an African country, they won't give you a visa anymore. They won't. People are like people get blanket denied. Wow. But I know a bunch of people that, you know, they have these transit visas where if you're going on to a different place, they'll give you like a week there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You don't have to apply or anything. You don't pay any money. You just show up. Right. So these people that they go to the visa office, they get denied like three times. They just go there and they're like, oh, you're here for a week? Yeah, no problem. And then you just stay. let them straight in. But because they've realized there's a little bit of a loophole there, I've heard of stories like my mom went recently and she would often stay at my uncle's. And if you're not staying at a hotel, you're supposed to register with the police yourself, but no one does it. Uh-huh. They pulled out her passport and they're like, we don't have a police registration for this date, for this date, for this date. And they did let her in, but it was uh, it was oh. like... Yeah, I th- just think with that transit visa specifically, they might be starting to check stuff. But other I than that, one of those guys was talking about it. one of the comics was making a joke. Was either Hong Kong or Shanghai, definitely not Beijing. But he was his joke was that he was here on a seven year tourist visa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, Drew, Drew had the Drew, joke. He's yeah, like, yeah. they're like, hi, oh, says here you've been on a tourist visa for nine years. Are you, are you teaching English? He's like, no. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> He's like, your English is amazing. They're like, oh, thank you. Come through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. All right, you want to go watch Kindler's thing? Yeah, let's do it. Right, have you ever seen it? No. Oh, the state of the industry? 
It's like, it, I'll tell you what oh, it is right speech. now. Oh, the speech. Yeah. I didn't know. It's about an hour and it's about 15 minutes of brilliance and 45 minutes of like way too long and not worked out. But I, it, it's fun. I saw the Pat Oswalt one was like pretty That's good. That's keynote address. Oh, okay. It's not that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, fuck it. All right. Killer rips on people. Uh, all right. Let's do it. Uh, Turner. I mean, sorry. Andy. <laughs> Andy. Sorry. Okay. Um, where can people find you? I mean, Shanghai, but like online and stuff. Yeah, at Andy Curtin on, it's the same for everything. Instagram. T-A-I-N. like a window curtain. Andy Curtin. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and if you're on WeChat, it's in there as well. You're on WeChat. Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. We, we it's did, most of what we do. Does WeChat exist anywhere else except China? It's it's starting to go into some other countries, but other countries don't want it. because Because everything gets recorded. Yeah, that's a problem. You want, yeah. you want some privacy. Yep. Anyway, man, it was cool. I got to get back over there. I got to see the new club that I, I, I probably told you before, but that, that small room show in Shanghai, I know you guys don't have that room anymore. Dude, two was, hours. You did two hours. That was my favorite show of that whole year. Two hours set. It was fucking. <laughs> it was having so much fun. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, you are. Why did I tell you I was going to Shanghai? I want to be with you tonight. Why did I holler I was going to Shanghai? I want to be with you tonight. It was just a little misunderstanding that a kiss on the cheek could patch. I need you so badly, I'd gladly start all over from scratch. Oh, why did I tell you it was bye-bye for Shanghai? I'm even allergic to rice Why don't you stop me when I talk about Shanghai It's just a lover's device Now who's gonna kiss me, who's gonna thrill me Who's gonna hold me tight I'm right around the corner in the phone booth And I wanna be with you tonight Okay, that's the episode, you guys. By the way, if you don't know, those uh, those guys, my roommates, Ahir Shah, Alex Keeley, Ahir is the one who sounds like uh, he is the University of Oxford. Um, their shows are free, as is mine. It's a pay-what-you-want situation. Uh, where after the show, he stands out with a bucket. Ahir will scream at you. Alex will say politely, uh, give me some money. That's how it works here, the free French. Uh, my show is, too. It's also free. They have a, you can reserve seats, I guess, this is how it works, you can reserve seats for seven pounds, it's not a ticket, it just reserves you a seat, I think it's during the week, I don't know, you probably don't need to do that, maybe you do, I, I guess look to see if they get sold out or not, um, but then I'm the same thing, if, as long as there's seats left open, you can just come in and then give, you know, pay what you want at the end of the show, um, which could be a hookup with a way for me to get the stuff I need to for my street team. Uh, okay, that was the episode. Did you guys have a good time? I thought it was interesting. Andy Curtain was a cool guy. He is a white dude living in China. That's why it was called White China. I don't know if I explained that in the intro. Probably didn't. Um, man, I've been traveling a lot. I just got back from, um, I went. Here was my trips over the last whatever. On, on, I gotta tell you about fucking Austria. I went, where are we at right now? All pitches. Skankfest was the 14th, 15th. Shaf- excuse me, Shafir Fest in New York. Uh, on the 17th, I took a flight to Munich. Uh, hung out in Munich for the day. Then went to Innsbruck, Austria. I got there the 18th, excuse me. I went overnight. Got Hung out in Austria. 
in Innsbruck on the 18th. On the 19th, we went hiking until the 24th in fucking Austria, in Tyrol. It's on the Austria-Italy border. And it was fucking, um, it was, guys, it was, I mean, okay, I'm trying to just, it's magic. The place was magic. It was so gorgeous, the Alps. It was the Alps. It was the, it was the Austrian and Italian Alps. And you walk over like these, these, these mountain lines that were the border of Italy and Austria. It was set in 1920. There's all these stones that you packed. You walk over on top of a mountain where it's like a ridge and you're walking over the, the middle of it, you know? Like you're staying on the mountaintop over multiple mountains. And uh, they marked it in 1920 with these stones at the end of World War I. They were like, okay, right here is Austria on the left, Italy on the right. Italy has these beautiful like stone mountains and Austria has more grass. And you can see, you can look straight forward like straight down the ridge and left is beautiful. Right is like this rocky. Went to the Dolomites in Italy, which is just gorgeous, but like stone-ish. And then, oh, and then the terrain just kept changing. God damn, it was gorgeous. We stayed in these huts, hoots. It's more like dormitories where it's these mountain huts where the only way to get to it is you, you wake up in the morning, you hike six to eight hours, um... There might be a small hut on the way to, in order to buy lunch. Um, of places just like get stuff helicoptered in or muled in every day. And then sometimes there's not place to buy lunch. And you, so then you got to like really stock up on breakfast and fucking take stuff with you. And you hike six to eight hours up and down mountains until you get to this next hut. And then you're just, and it's more like a log cabin almost, but built better and they're not allowed to turn anybody away because there's nowhere else to go so even if they're full you can get reservations if you're in this like austrian italian hiking club for like 50 50 euros a year um, and then t- it's like half price but then it'd be 12 euros a night to stay um 24 if you're a non-member and if you make reservations do it like two or three days out you can get a spot the day of you might not be able to but even if there's no room they can't turn you away because there's no place to go so my friend Lisa, who had been there um, before, she was like, she went one day, or like two years ago. She's Austrian. And she was like, yeah, at some point everybody was there and there was no space. They just let everybody sleep in like the, the dining area. Because where else are you going to go? There's nothing up there that can hurt you too. It's only like marmots is the main mammal that you run into. No wolves or anything. God damn, you guys, it was gorgeous. And the weather would change so fast. You would go from like rain and so you're like cold and then all of a sudden the rain is gone. The sun comes out. Then you take off your rain jacket because you're sweating and then you're just wearing a t-shirt and you're like, that's too hot. So you pull your t-shirt over your head to expose like your belly, sun's out, guns out and your, your forearms and you're hiking there for, and then 10 minutes later, it's super windy and fucking freezing again. You're shivering with the rain jacket on it and and the long sleeve and the t-shirt. Oh my God. It was amazing. Up and down, you go over and back into Italy, Austria, Italy, Austria. And then the last night, we stayed in a double hut. One hut was on the Austrian side. One hut was on the Italian side. It wasn't one or the other. And there was a lake in between, which I swam in. It was fucking magic. God damn, it was pretty. I mean, everything I needed to leave New York for was, was achieved in that spot. Just all nature, all day. 
oh, fuck. God, it was fun. And I went with the people that I had hiked with in Myanmar. We had a reunion. Lisa from from Austria, uh, um, James and Rachel from, from um, England, Selena from um, Copenhagen. Our German friends couldn't come. They were in school, and our and our Spanish friend uh, couldn't come. Couldn't anybody watch his cat? I think. Um, but man, it was cool to see him again. Just like hiking buddies. We want to go somewhere else next time. We want to go to like Iceland or, or or Iran or somewhere, or maybe even in America. But six days, five nights, and just like you get there. One of the times, it was I think in the Austrian side uh, was the hut, and you you see it. You can start, you see these huts. Sometimes it's around a bend. You see like, oh, we finally got there. You have no idea how long it's going to go. There's no expectations because you don't have, I didn't even bring my phone with me. Not even my flip phone. So I didn't even know what time it was. And then all of a sudden you come around a corner and you're like, we're here. It's like fucking 20 feet away. And then other times you're like, there it is. And it's fucking four miles out. And you got to go way, way down like 600 meters and way, way up 600 meters to get there. Um... And we saw this one of them that you got to go up, up, up at the end. And me and James fell the furthest behind because we were the men, so we were the least, you know, equipped to do this. And just, it's harder and harder. You're sweating and sweating and sweating. You're going up this hill. And then, I mean, at this mountain, really. Sometimes you got to use your hands to get up. And then you finally get there pouring sweat. It's hot now. And then they just have waiting. Your, your clothes are soaking wet. And then it's just like, we ordered your beer. And just a fresh beer comes in one of these hoots. A grossa beer. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, it was like nothing. And then there was this like little stream right there that I was like, I'm going to put my feet in this stream, in this cold mountain stream. It's just like, oh, it feels good. Then you just play cards for like an hour or two, eat their fucking amazing hearty dinners. Go to sleep in a, in a long bed with like room for like eight people. Some you know, some you don't. And then wake up, eat breakfast, and go again. I've never done anything like that. Five for five nights, we didn't come back to civilization. And then when you do, it feels so weird. It's like, oh, there's traffic again. There's like people. She was apologizing, Lisa, the first day. She's like, sorry, I was a little too touristic. That's the word they use there instead of touristy. A little too touristic. I apologize. The, the, the rest of the five days will be way better. I'm like, too touristic? We passed like fucking 25 people in six hours. <laughs> what do you do? You got to go to New York, lady, and see how crazy overrun it is. Anyway, I went straight from there. Then we had one night in Innsbruck again. So that means one night when we got there, one night on the way back. Innsbruck is a gorgeous town full of people doing outdoorsy shit. There's like nobody fat there. We had uh, 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 like Korean bowls the first night and then burritos the second night. And it was like, oh, should we get some authentic Austrian? And she's like, yeah, we did for five fucking nights in those huts. She taught me a new Austrian card game with like Austrian cards, not even like regular cards. Man, it was fun. God, it was fun. I went to find this, this hut with this lake in Austria, these glacial lakes. It's like no rivers going into it or just runoff, really. And I went and I saw a picture. She showed me a picture of the hut on their Facebook page. And I was like, I posted on Instagram. I was like, I'm going to find it. 
And we did. We found it and stayed there. And I swam in it. Selena was swimming like it was nothing, this fucking Danish girl. It was freezing. Like my body was seized. I got scared that I was like, my muscles are going to stop working. I'm going to go under. But it was like icing your muscles after six hours in this lake. God damn, it was fun. I brought my Speedo. Um, fuck, I got to get, I got to, I mean, I'm refreshed and rejuvenated. And so from there, we hung out in Innsbruck, hung out with her boyfriend and just like had, had beers on the river and just did fucking Innsbruckian shit, you know, lived like fucking locals for a night, went to burritos, drank spritzers. Uh, there was one night where, so there was no hut to get any lunch and it was a long walk. It was an eight hour hike that day and nothing to get like some spots. You could pass a small lunch hut, not a, not anywhere you could stay, but somewhere close, um, and get some food and keep moving. This time there was nothing. So she's like, Hey, we got to fucking steal food from breakfast and they are watching you. They know the fucking paths and where the next huts are. And either you're going, which way do we go? I think we went. I think we went west to east. So let's just say we did. And if you're going the east to west route, um, then sure, you got six hours at a hut. So maybe you don't have to steal lunch, but we had to. And they know people are doing it, so they're watching you. So she's like, hey, we got to fucking steal bread and sandwiches, make bread. But if they see you, they're going to get fucking pissed. So they can't see you. So there was a moment where it was like the lady came in and I kind of like moved my bag that was under me and I was going to steal something and I had to like take a bite of my lunch uh, sandwich to like make her think I wasn't and then quickly hit it under my and then James just like look at the Jew stealing food from the Austrians <laughs> it was the most stereotype I've ever been I think oh my god so hanging out in Innsbruck was amazing and then uh, and then I went to Munich the next day hung out there for a couple hours um, and went straight from there to Montreal on the way home from the mountains um, to Innsbruck because it was a two-hour drive. Lisa drove. Um, she played some fucking German rap songs for me, which were cool. This chick, Fiva, this rapper, had one good song. She played like a, a mixtape from this festival she went to. I got to go to some... Oh, by the way, all the fucking celebrity comics, Renazizi, Rogan, Duncan, whatever. If you're afraid of doing drugs at a music festival because you can get recognized too much, or even being out at a music festival because you can recognize too much, go to a fucking Portugal music festival, or a fucking one in Copenhagen. They have a nine-day festival. You know, somewhere where they just really are not English-speaking world, and it's like you just won't be recognized at all. You can just have your fucking regular non-celebrity experience. You just got to leave the country. So I Munich, went straight to Montreal. Had some of the best shows I've ever had. I mean. I, I did this, we planned this trip, this hiking trip around Edinburgh, where I was like, when should we plan it? She was like, the summertime in Austria is amazing. This is like the summer after I got home from, from Asia. And so we're like, let's do it next year, uh, meaning this year. Um, and so we're like, yeah, let's absolutely do that. And so I was like, tell you what, I got to be in Edinburgh anyway, all of August. Why don't we do it the last week of July? And so we're like, hey, can you do like a few days before? So we finish on like the... When did we finish? The 25th? Uh, and I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely, let's do that. And then I'll go hang out in Ireland or something in between. But then my agents are like, no, we really want you to go to Montreal this year to do your hour, to show people, and to do uh, storytelling shows. Um, I was like, no. I was like, come on, it's so far. And my agent was like, it's the same distance between LA, LA to Montreal. It's a six-hour flight. And they're like, yeah, I guess so. So I went for really break-even money. 
with you know because they shouldn't have they're not supposed to pay for a flight from goddamn europe to get me there it's, this is the fucking the shows i was doing in the small venues i was doing is it's worthy of a new york flight and some pay so this was like all the money went to the flight um and it was like i mean i'm tired from hiking but then it was like all right it's cool to see some friends and then the first show went pretty good it was like mostly full the wednesday show um thursday i did my hour at this place that's like this rock venue it was also pretty good both like b to b plus and then i went back to cleopatra the place where we got the idea to do the storytelling show with strip clubs but we got the idea in montreal the feeling you get this dark place and i did my hour there no 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 so i did the storytelling show wednesday where there was like half full at cleopatra not half full 80% 80% full. And it was good. It was solid. And then this, the, the hour the next day at, at like 10 o'clock at the Catacombs and then walked from there to a packed storytelling show on Thursday night at Cleopatra. And it was like one of those shows that like, it'll keep me in comedy. If you were there, man, you got lucky. It was so fucking good. I went on first. Big J went. This guy Nath from 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 uh, Australia. Then this guy JC from America from the New Faces show. Then Dylan Morin from Ireland, and then and then Sean Patton closed it out. A man, start to finish, it was just fucking sick. And then my hour on Friday there was just fucking great. It made me feel like God. I'm confident in it. This hour that I'm doing in Edinburgh, Jew. Um, you don't have to know anything about Judaism to enjoy it. I mean, I'm, I'm part of it's me explaining it. So. Don't worry about that. Just come and I've made it accessible for like either if you know about it or if you totally don't. You, you've lost nothing. I mean, most Jews are like, I didn't know half that shit you were talking about. It's deep cuts I'm giving you the whole time. Um, and then another storytelling show on Saturday and that was fucking great. And I did Big J's show on Friday, his crowd work show. I was audience Mike. And that was one of the best shows I've ever done. And been a part of. God, it was fun. Kevin Hart showed up at the end. He tried the story, the fucking crowd work, and then told a great story about him and Jay starting out. I mean, great. What's well, just a fun, fun thing to be a part of? That festival, that Montreal Comedy Festival. It really is summer camp for uh, Edinburgh. Now that I've been here, is more of the summer camp for comedians. But they're just great shows. They put on great shows, and you can see great shows. I got to see Maria Bamford. I got to see Andy Kindler's State of the Industry. Um. What else did I see? Fuck, I don't even know. But man, just a fun, fun time. And then went straight there, went to New York for about eight hours to do some laundry, pack, and then straight to Edinburgh for the month. I'm a traveling motherfucker, you guys. I'm a traveling motherfucker. So come see my Edinburgh show. My whole year's comedy was geared towards this. That's all I was planning is getting ready for the Edinburgh Comedy Festival. I am trying to show the UK audience the UK festival audience, what it looks like when a top-level American comic tackles a theme hour. And I've done that. So come out, 6 p.m. at the Hive every day, free. Um, if it's weekend, you might want to pay for a seat ahead of time. It's not a ticket. It just reserves you a seat. It's still free, they say. But to reserve a seat, it's seven pounds. <laughs> yeah, but if, if it doesn't fill up, then you don't have to pay anything. Um, anyway, I'm excited to be here. There's fucking two days over the next 10 that it's going to be 70 degrees or more. And it's going to be 70 degrees. 
Ugh, I did not pack well. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was the episode. Is there anything else I got to say? Zurich has been added um, to the Aust- uh, to the European tour in November and December. It goes it goes uh, Iceland on the 16th of November. Then uh, Manchester. I think Comedia is Manchester. Nope, nope, nope. Brighton. Uh, then London. Two days in London. Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, Ireland on the 23rd. Nope. Where's the bloodshed? That's Manchester. Oh, and then Wheelands is Ireland on the 25th. Okay, okay. Come on, Ari. If I can get back in this. Belgium. Belgium. Uh, Amsterdam. China Theatre in Stockholm. Halltoll in Stavanger, Norway. Studio um, Armarplatz in Berlin. Copenhagen on December 4th. Oslo, November 5th. Zurich, November 9th. And Israel and Jerusalem is being finalized for the week of probably sometime in the week of December 17th. Um, then I'm going to go to Egypt for a week, I think. All right. That's it, right? Oh, and then we have a big show here. I still have two more shows left here. Uh, Cap City Comedy Club. September 19th through the 22nd. Adrian Appalucci will be opening for me. Always hilarious. I'm excited that she's opening. Um, and then the All Things Comedy Festival at the end of October is uh, 25th, 26th, 27th. We're doing a gigantic show. Me, Theo Vaughn, Brendan Schaub, Big J Okerson, and Brian Callen. One show. Um, get tickets. They're at my website. I think it's on October 25th. Could be the 26th, 27th. I think it's the 25th. Anyway, it's at a fucking theater and tickets are going fast. It's almost sold out. I haven't even announced yet. Um, that's it. I'm really excited to be here. And I'm excited to have talked to Andy about China, about the legit details of China. That's kind of what I'm doing with my Jew Hour, showing you guys like it actually results in this. So you guys should go there. I mean, Vecchion just went there. and So uh, we'll do a podcast about it maybe in a few weeks. Um, about his experience in China, but Andy really did become like a resident of Shanghai. So it was like an interesting detail to hear him say all those things about knowing how you deal with accidents and, and, and the internet and the web and the videos you see. It's just fucking interesting. It's just dark. Anyway, I like this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode 331. Thank you, ZipRecruiter, again, for being my sponsor. Uh, ZipRecruiter.com slash skeptic. To get free something, you go right now. If you're an HR person, if you're looking to hire, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash skeptic. Um, and that's it. I think that's all the announcements. I'm excited for this festival. Ladies and gentlemen, for Andy Curtain, I'm Ari Shafir saying that was Skeptic Tank 331, White China. That was terrible. Anyway, oh, maybe this too. If you want to fuck around, if you go to see I Hear Show or Alex. Give them money at the end. Like, pay what you think the show was worth, for sure. But slip them a nug. <laughs> slip them some drugs and see how they react. Don't tell them. Just slip it into their... If you have extra, just slip it into their bucket and see how they react. I'll tell you, actually. Because they might not even react in front of you, but they're going to count the shit and they're going to be like, Ari, did you... Look, oh, I got... What is this? Well, that's LSD out here. LSD? Are you telling me? And he would definitely know the long fucking technical word for it. This is licensed Sancho to judge, Nate. What's LSD stand for? LSD stands for 
Say it. LSD stands for. Oh. Are you saying this is lysergic acid diethylamide? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Have fun with it. Um, or, or if it's Ahir's bucket, if you want, get him some fucking Indian spices and put that in there. Like a small, tiny thing of spices. <laughs> That's all he does. He's such a fucking immigrant, you guys. He leaves food out for fucking 24 hours. Instead, he's done right next to the fridge. He'll just leave like a bowl of extra food or a pot of extra food. And he'll just put like a cover on it and then just leave it out. And I'm like, why? It's right next to the fridge. Immigrant behavior, man. They just do crazy shit with food. Oh, so maybe it's okay. So maybe for I here, leave him like a chili pepper or a little, a small amount of curry. Not like loose, but in something or like some spices, like a tiny spice thing. Uh, but, but a chili pepper would go great. Some type of chili pepper. If it was an Indian pepper, I don't know. Um, you know, leave him a couple pounds in there too, but just drop the chili pepper in there with it. <laughs> That'd be good. And maybe some fungal, antifungal cream for Alex. In addition to the money. But if you want to fuck with if you want to fuck with if you don't want to fuck with him, no, don't, no big deal. But yeah, yeah, that would make me. That would make me laugh <laughs> if they got a fucking antifungal cream um, or a condom for Alex. And then because uh, at some point he had never fucked without a condom. I think he just started uh, or a condom for Alex and then like a chili pepper or or like uh, some spice something for our uh, here. <laughs> Guys, join me in hatred. Anyway, that's the episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, as always, for telling people about this. See my special double negative. That's what I perfected last time at the Edinburgh Festival. Come see my Fringe Festival this year, Arishvir Jew, which will be my next Netflix special. Um, uh, while I'm at the festival, while it's still um, not finished, because once it's recorded, it's done forever. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Ari Shafir. Thank you, Andy Curtin. Goodbye. Das hier ist nicht das Leben, doch jetzt beginnt die Show Für Hackbrett, Schorsch, Melody, Mandy und Piano Joe Es sind nicht ihre Lieder, doch sie singen sie für uns Sie sind nicht Hochkulturen, deshalb ist es nicht on Vogue Sie mischen Johnny Cash mit aber Songs und Country Roads Doch diese Nachsekunden, Liebling ihres Publikums Mandy heißt Maria, da Mandys Mama Maria heißt Und deshalb nennt sie jeder, seit sie klein ist, nur Maria 2 Doch sie will einzigartig sein wie Nikki und Michelle Nicht das Mädchen aus dem Kaff kurz vom Ende der Welt Sie backt, seitdem sie 16 ist, in Vaters Firma Brote Und in der Nacht, da schläft sie nicht, nein, sie singt Karaoke In ihrem Zimmer hängen Bilder all ihrer Idole Ihr Lächeln an der Wand, ihr Style an ihrer Garderobe Rote Fetzen, Jeans mit Schmetterlingen, lilanes Paillettenhemd Federboas, Lederstiefel, jetzt fehlt ihr nur noch die Band Maria will nicht wieder dahin, wo sie jeden kennt Es wäre ihr peinlich, wenn sie merken, woran sie ihr Leben hängt So nimmt sie sich zusammen, denn sie hält's nicht weiter aus Und gibt am nächsten Tag eine Annonce in der Zeitung auf Als sie glaubt, das wär's dann auch Klingelt ihr Handy und zum ersten Mal spricht sie es aus Das hier ist nicht das Leben, doch jetzt beginnt die Show Für Hackbrett, Schorsch, Melody, Mandy und Piano Joe Es sind nicht ihre Lieder, doch sie singen sie für uns Deshalb ist es nicht on Vogue Sie mischen Johnny Cash mit Abba Songs und Country Roads Doch diese Nachsekunden, Liebling ihres Publikums Georgs Vater glaubte nach vier Töchtern nicht mehr an den Sohn Und dankte Gott, indem er ihn so nannte wie sein Schutzpatron 
Von dessen Heldentaten blieb ihm nichts außer der Name. So tätowierte sich nach Jahren im Drachen auf den Arm. Er fährt den größten Wagen bei der freiwilligen Feuerwehr. Und seit Johannes weg ist, hat er hier keine Freunde mehr. Am liebsten wäre Georg Mar, wer richtig groß ist. So Alice Cooper oder Axel Rose von ganzen Roses. Ein Rockstar, der Gitarre spielt und Groupies flachlegt. Nur wie will er die Frauen kriegen? Georg spielt nur Hackbrett. Das ist besser als der Rest vom Dorf. Und jeden Sonntag früh umsonst. Sein Publikum ist alt. Ein Totes, wer da nicht mehr kommt. Eines Tages ließ er auf der Wache diese Zeilen. M aus W wäre bereit, die Liebe zur Musik zu teilen. So wählt er ihre Nummer und sie meldet sich sofort. Er sagt, Das hier ist nicht das Leben, doch jetzt beginnt die Show Für Hackbrett, Schorsch, Melody, Mandy und Piano Joe Es sind nicht ihre Lieder, doch sie singen sie für uns Sie sind nicht Hochkultur und deshalb ist es nicht on Vogue Sie mischen Johnny Cash mit Other Songs und Country Roads Doch sie sind nach Sekunden Liebling ihres Publikums Johannes lebt in einer Stadt, die er nicht leiden kann Doch wäre da nie hin, hätte die Mama nicht so leid getan Er hatte andere Pläne, seitdem er Klavier spielen kann Wäre er gern wie Udo Jürgens oder Richard Kleidermann Der Bub soll's besser haben, weil er doch mehr kann So studiert er dort jetzt Deutsch und Sport auf Lehramt Abends sitzt er in dem Zimmer dieser düsteren Stadt Und setzt mit seinen Fingern die weißen Keyboard-Tasten ab Er hofft so sehr, dass man sein Talent erkennt Jeder Mensch in dieser Stadt spielt in irgendeiner Band doch die wollen nur Gitarre, Schlagzeug oder Bass Für Pianisten findet sich in dieser Stadt kein Platz Er schließt schon damit ab, bis am nächsten Tag die Post ankommt Der Absender ist Georg, der immer noch zu Hause wohnt Auf dem Zettel nur vier Worte, jetzt beginnt die Show Verhackt Schorsch, Melody, Mandy und Piano Joe Das hier ist nicht das Leben, doch jetzt beginnt die Show Verhackt Schorsch, Melody, Mandy und Piano Joe Es sind nicht ihre Lieder, doch sie singen sie für uns Sie mischen Johnny Cash mit Abba Songs und Country Roads Doch diese Nachsekunden Liebling ihres Publikums